as surfers, we have a natural love for the ocean, being in the water and chasing thrills. Surfing and surf culture is at the core of Loose. We are a brand made for all-day thrill seekers, experience makers, and good time chasers. Inspired by the elements of surf that excite us the most, we create products begging for adventure, both into the water and out of the water. There's no stamp of approval needed to vibe with our tribe. So drop your inhibitions and get loose because fun feels better. Loose towels. Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack. Customized, eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, EarthPack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. ColbyPlus.com is a new brand from a very experienced crew in the wetsuit and surf industry. An independently owned and family run business. All of their products are made with the best in the world materials and they only sell direct. So you're getting a top of the line product for much less. Their wetsuit line, Colby Plus Yamamoto uses Yamamoto number 39 and number 40 neoprene propriety jersey and what we believe is the best and most functional design and construction available. Their line of waterproof bags Colby Plus T-Zip feature completely water and airtight German-made T-Zip zippers. They have a tight line of traction and leashes and will have board shorts on the way in the spring featuring Swiss engineered shoulder fabric. They are currently shipping orders to the US, Canada and Australia. For you Aussies and Canadians, unfortunately, the shipping isn't free. ColbyPlus.com, Finless Skateboard Company. To honor our predecessors of surf shapers, we wanted to make sure that our skateboards were completely handmade, made of solid wood, and that the designs, the line work, and aesthetics of our boards are unique to each deck we create. No heat transfers, no stickers, except for our logo. The whole board is made of carefully assembled different species of wood with cores of hard maple and top and bottom sheets carefully assembled with various types of wood species to give our board 
Gardens, the look of a classic 1950s surfboard. Handcrafted is human, handcrafted is thoughtful, handcrafted is quality, handcrafted is community. Finless Skateboard Company. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chocolate Podcast. Wow. Our guest this week wow. is a Hall of Fame pro surfer that finished wow. number seven on the championship tour with multiple career victories, including the prestigious Pipeline Masters 1984. Back when they used to call it Bonsai Pipeline. The Bonsai. Bonsai Pipeline. <laughs> in 1985, he founded the Professional Surfing Associ Association of America, the PSAA. Yes. That was huge. Bring it back. But from highs to lows, a few short years later, depression got the best of him and he hit rock bottom. Yeah, that's correct. Heavy. Soon after, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and he wouldn't believe that his purpose in life is the best is yet to come, yeah, right? Yeah, always the best is yet to come. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. And for the last 30 years, he's been balancing both careers as a coach, as a guest speaker, an author, a mentor, and focusing on a youth pastor. And he has his own church. Woo! It's been quite a, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Dude. So from pro serving to opening Cal Calvary chapels in, right? I think, what, Virginia? You said, and in Vermont. Vermont? Yeah. Wow. I know. This guy <laughs> finally started his own church, Worship Generations, and his story isn't finished. We're beyond honored and pumped to sit down yeah. with the legendary Mr. Joey, the California kid. The California kid. Brand. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. This is uh, stoked to be seriously here. an honor for us because you're one of the greats of our sport, and you know, you shine a positive light on surfing and what you did with PSWA. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate dude. you saying that too, because people often overlook the PSWA, which became the Bud Tour. And really, in hindsight, that was one of the most profound things I did in my entire life. So I yeah. appreciate you saying that. It's kind of lost in the annals of surf history yeah. for the newer generations, yeah. but the guys know, like Jay, you yeah. guys would know, man, the PSWA was huge. Huge. When we started. Yeah. And, I, it, and it helped. Guys like Jay, who never made it on tour, but it, there was guys who made it on tour because of the PSAA. Yeah. And there's guys that made money not ever leaving California yeah. because yeah. of the PSAA. That's Jay. Yeah. I, I, I would have I preferred having the PSAA and then the, the, the trials at events and let people kind of work their way through, you know? like My generation? Q, yeah, because <laughs> like the QS, you know, was held in a lot of inferior waves and crappy waves and right. then the, the world champion not all of them but it was like a just a different league of wave caliber right. you know and it was definitely yeah it, it was after my time it was yeah, yeah. That, that, when i was in virginia beach pastoring in the early 90s when the tour split with a ct and a, and a qs i'm like what is this yeah you know because in my day you just went to South Africa. There's like 60 guys in the trials, 16 spots. You got to get through three heats. Yeah. You know, you're David Barr, you're Dean Hollingsworth, doesn't matter who you are. You get through those three heats. Now you're in the main event. And now you see Sean Thompson or Rabbit yeah. or Mike Savage or, you know, whoever the locals were. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way it was. So you each event, like, kind of like how Chopu, the, the surfing trials, yeah. or even like Pipeline still, I think, kind of does sometimes. Yeah. That's what that was like at every event. Yeah. So anyone could, trials. anyone could show up. So yeah. like Sam George, Matt George could just show up. Up. They could get in the contest. They could tear it up in the dance floor that weekend. Yeah. It was just a different thing. 
But we all had the equality of the, the playing field. Yeah. So Gunson 500, Uluwatu, didn't matter. You got yourself there. You found a way to get there. Yep. And you could get through, depending on what part of the tour it was, you get through, two, like you are saying, like it wasn't staggered where like the haves and have-nots. You could prove you're a have, and you could you could get right in the main event, and you get your shot one-on-one -on -one at Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. That's epic. <laughs> so before we dive into yeah. your yeah, story, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot to digest. I, 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 I had to put that right there, though, yeah. man, because that, that's like that's the way it was, man. But so good. <laughs> I wanted to tell our listeners this has been a long time coming, right? Yeah, you've been out for me, and it's not like I've been wanting to do it. I just, you know, like I've got eight grandkids and pastor church yeah. and this and that, and working on a book, you know. Yes. So, so for for the listeners, like I ran into <laughs> Joey. As he was doing his exercise on PCH, right? I said, "Joey, Lyndon, late night with Chalky," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah," and you kept going, right? <laughs> and then I saw you again, and my I was parked. Uh, I just got out of the water, and my van was there, and I go, "This is me." I hit you up on I on Instagram. I, I know. And then I would see, you know, all of a sudden we follow Joey, of course, and then all of a sudden. The guy starts dancing on his Instagram. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> and we're like, what the heck? Right. <laughs> and you're dancing and you like have different spots where you put the camera. And um, so good. Anyways, <laughs> I, we, you know, I, I watch your, your videos. And then what? Right before Christmas. Right. 2023. We're at Jay's, Jay's mom's house. house. Right? Yeah. And I look across the street. <laughs> And I'm thinking, wow, that house looks familiar. Because I used to live at that house, the one across the street. Oh, okay, right. So I'm looking over there. I'm like, why does that house look familiar? And, you know, we're talking. And then I look over and I saw you <laughs> got get out of that house and your wife. And I'm like, no effing way. I it's can't. Joey Baran. <laughs> so I run over there. Right. I'm like, Joey, blah, blah, blah. That's how it, this finally happens. Yeah. Because... Yeah, and and you know you know you know like how surfers are. Sometimes you got to tie them down. Like, hey, we're doing this promo. Yeah. You got to get to H. I mean, surfing sport is yeah. free. You know, yeah, yeah, so you yeah. just open. You know, like we're you kind of yeah. sometimes you got to kind of reel yeah. them in. You know, like okay, we'll but, get there. Well, how funny is the world? Like you live so, across the street from yeah. his mom's house. Yeah, yeah, it's I like know. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's okay. so close. And you're like, we had to share that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so go. Let's start at the beginning because you've got, there's always a beginning. Yeah. Like, like, where did you grow up and how did you get in surfing? Like, right well, there. Well, I came from a military family. So my dad was a career Marine. And my dad was from Madison, Wisconsin. And my mom was from Cleveland, Ohio. So they're both Midwest families, right? Yeah. One's liberal Protestant. My dad, my mom's like Irish Catholic firebrand. My dad wants peace, order, rules, authority, under authority, in authority. My mom's like ambition, get things done. President of the PTA, president of Board of Realtors. That's my mom. That's yeah. my dad. But uh, they got married in the 50s. My dad was a recruiter in Cleveland. He'd come back from the Korean War, and then he was sent to Cleveland to be like in charge of the recruiting for the Marine Corps in Cleveland. So he goes there, ends up meeting my mom, who was like uh, the queen of her all-girls Catholic high school. Wow. Homecoming queen, all that kind of stuff. A straight-A student. So uh, you can imagine what, that, what I did to my mom and as a teenager, how that affected her. But um, So they got married, and my, my, I have an older brother, Phil. He's three years older than me. He's the perfect kid. No problems. He went First to, kids always oh, like yeah, that. He, he went to Catholic school. Like, the nuns loved him. Then I'm the middle child, and I was, like, the worst. So Born my, in Cleveland? I was born in Cleveland. Okay. And my sister, six years later, during the Vietnam War, when my dad was gone to Vietnam, was born in Cleveland. So all three of us were born in the same Catholic hospital with the same Your doctor. Your dad did two terms. 
He did. He did two wars. Two wars. He has. Wow. He's a, a Bronze Star, Korea, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, Vietnam. Dang. Yeah, my dad's amazing. He retired as a lieutenant colonel, twenty-two years. That's how I ended up serving DMJ. So you know, I came from this Marine family. I always cheered for the Browns and the Indians because I was a Cleveland kid. So we moved around. We lived in Guam. We lived in Quantico and Charlottesville for various reasons with his military tours and stuff. And then in sixth grade, we moved to Carlsbad. So 1972, right after the Summer Olympics, we had come to Carlsbad, and we that's where it began. So I was in sixth grade at Magnolia Elementary School in Carlsbad, and uh, immediately I saw that surfing was the ticket. Like, I could just tell, like, that was my crowd. But let's just go back for a second. When we lived in Virginia, because I had so much energy and no one knew what to do with me, my mom got me on a swim team. So when I, we lived on base in Quantico, I got on a competitive AAU swim team, so for the first... In elementary school. In elementary school. So yeah. first through fifth grade, I was a, a very serious competitive AAU swimmer. Like, you wow. Know, butterfly, breaststroke, individual medley, particularly good at the breaststroke. And we were at swim meets all the time. So it burned off all the energy. Yeah. And my mom like, he, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, you know? need to like, wear this I, like, I, but so I had like a little patch of hair. Like my brother never got in trouble. Yeah. I always got in trouble. And my sister was too little. She's six years later, right? But I would provoke my mom. like, yeah. And I provoked my brother. <laughs> and like... And my, my mom, I had this little patch of hair because I had a Marine Corps haircut like my dad. Make it stand up. Yeah, yeah. And I just had this little bit right here. And my mom could grab that. Ooh. And, 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 and she would take me where we're going to get disciplined. <laughs> and, I, and I said in my book, I, I, I never got a spanking I didn't deserve and I didn't get half the ones I did deserve. <laughs> so she put me in that pool and figured out, hey, this works great because yeah. he's going back and forth for two hours every day after school. Yeah. And I had a lot of success. So, you know, winning gold medals when you're eight or nine builds your self-confidence, your oh, self-worth, sure. yeah. self-esteem and sense of direction. So we come to California. And sixth grade. In sixth grade. My mom puts me in the Oceanside Swim Club there at Brook Street Pool right across the street from the Oceanside High School. And now I'm in an older age group. Kids are bigger. It's California, right? Yeah. Everything's a lot harder. All the sports is Yeah, better. everybody's good. Yeah. yeah, you sports, everyone's good in California, right. right? I'm like, oh, this has got harder. But uh, I was at Magnolia Elementary School. I'm like, the surfers, like this is 72, right? Yeah. So you're talking like uh, Nixon versus uh, McGovern in the election. You're talking Brady Bunch on TV, Partridge Family. Yeah. And I was a Brady Bunch guy. So these guys look like Brady Bunch. Oh, the surfers at school, they're the Pendletons. The, the, cord, the cord bell bottoms, long hair, and the wallabies. So epic. Yeah, so th- I'm like, and they're the cool guys on campus. Yeah. I was more like a traditional swimming baseball. Mark Spitz was my hero, right? 72 Olympics, seven golds. I had his poster on my wall, Mark Spitz. Yeah. I had all sports wallpaper on my wall uh, that my parents got. Nothing surfing. Nothing surfing. Yeah. All right, so. Cla- I, clash of culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, and of course, my dad was always my hero. We come to California, he's a jarhead. Right? Yeah. Like my dad was a hero where I came from. We come to California. I do your dad's a jarhead. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I was always yeah. proud of my dad. Because yeah. Carlsbad, Oceanside, yeah. military. Military, yeah. yeah. And, you know, side note, Oceanside at that time had the highest murder rate per capita in the nation. It's just a different world. Like, wow. it was just a different world. Oceanside yeah. was, it was a transit. Yeah, it, was, it, it was a transit military town. It was yeah. dark, you know? So, anyways, uh, for my 12th surf, excuse me. For my 12th birthday, I wanted to get a surfboard. I was born in March. So March of 73, I asked for a surfboard. My mom's like, okay, we'll do this. So we go down to Offshore Surf Shop with Barbie Barron, the sister of Mike Barron. Now, Barbie was a very successful uh, women surfer in the, in the late 60s and 70s. So we walk in Offshore Surf Shop. It's right across from Tamarack. Now, it's not there anymore. It's down about a mile away. But, 
you know, I, recently I was asked to describe what that was like. And yeah. I, can t- I can tell you, it's all in my database. There's some things you forget, some things you never forget. Yeah. That surf shot smelled like surf wax. <laughs> tropical surf wax. Yes. And Barbie's trophies were along this shelf on the top with dust on them. She had won like U.S. championships with a helmet on her in Huntington. All that kind of stuff. All Barbie that kind Baron. of stuff. Yeah. And then, and then there was all these boards and used boards. But on the counter of the surf shop at, at, at Offshore Surfboards was the latest issue of Surfer Magazine. And it was Booby Jones at Alamoana. Is a surfer, Bobby Jones. Yeah, James Booby. James Booby Jones, and <laughs> and so I can just go in my mind now. Remember that whole experience, and of course, for kids, when you walk in a surf shop for the first time, you feel intimidated, right? Yeah, sure. Because you're the kook. Yeah, you're the kook, right? Yeah. And so you're from the Midwest, yeah, right? And I got a Virginia accent. I still had the East Coast accent. Like I, people made fun of my accent when I went to school in California. Yeah, and the guys working there were kind of. Tough, like they weren't like sales friendly. They were hippies. No, you, you, yeah, drug I, culture. You, listen, this is Infinity Surfboards on Main Street. Yeah, this is Carl Hayward. This is yeah. that timeline. The Hawk Brothers out on the on the North Side. Yeah, like this is that same Bobby Burchell. This this Livingston's brothers. This yeah. was that same timeline. Yeah. yeah. So we buy a thirty five dollar used surfboard, and uh, what was it? it my, Mike Gilligan was a. Uh, a Carlsbad ripper and local and he is a homemade board by Mike Gilligan he later on helped me run the PSAA he was one of our he helped with the tour on the was PSAA was he the Rusty rep? he was yeah. that is correct yeah hey high five this, yeah. guy, this guy's uh, yeah, memories yeah, 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 that, that's Mike that Mike Gilligan yeah. okay so anyway that was my first board but it, the, I thought the wax was ugly so I stripped all the wax off when I got home and I begged my brother who is now in, in high school he's, he's like a, a freshman I begged him like I want to practice surfing. So I got the surfboard on my bed. And and this is the same day. I had my brother like rock the bed. And I was I was like practicing surfing on the bed with no wax on the board. Okay. And I'm like this. And and, and that's that's how it began. And then like this is March. Did, I, did you know if you're regular or goofy yet? I, was, I, I didn't know it was Just called. The way you jump I didn't up. know it was called goofy, but I was goofy. Yeah. So that that weekend I go down to Tamarack, I have no wetsuit, just my trunks. It's March. March. That's like that could be fifty five degrees, right? For like sure, that's yeah. that's the coolest time of year here in SoCal. So I <laughs> I see these girls from school. I'm like, oh like, oh you surf Joe. That's when everyone called me Joe. No one called me Joey. Like, hey, you surf Joe. I'm like, of course I surf, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, How hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> so they watch me paddle out. I got no wax on the board. Oh no. So the board's like slipping everywhere and I can't get up and and like fortunately they look kind of looked the other way. They didn't. It was so embarrassing. You didn't want to watch it, you know. Yeah. And I always say I, I'm so grateful they never said anything. But that was my very first surf session. The board with no wax after surfing on my bed with my brother. That so, is incredible. So when you first got here and you saw surfing, yeah, you wanted to be a surfer. Yeah. Well, I wanted. I, I the first initial. Well, there's two elements to this. It's a great question. They were the coolest guys in sixth grade. They were the Brady Bunch. I mean, they, there was no one cooler than the surfers. Yeah. I'm like, this is the group, because all the girls out there are the guys. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's the group I want to be in, right? You know, yeah. like, forget the Speedos. I'm going this way. Yeah. You know, the Pendleton, this is the long hair Brady Bunch. Plus, yeah. my dad was letting me grow my hair out now. So I'm like, yeah, I've really arrived in California. I'm yeah. getting the long, long hair. And, but then also, when we lived on the East Coast, we would go to Myrtle Beach. We'd go to Florida to visit the grandparents. And I was exposed to the ocean. I'd have the old styrofoam surfboards that look like, like your coolers are made yeah. of, you know, yeah. the old kind. And I loved to be in the ocean because I was a sw- swimmer and I wanted to surf. I remember watching Endless Summer on TV 
in Quantico when it was on national TV, like in 68 when they showed it on national yeah, TV. Wow. So I had these ideas and images. I'd seen surfers. I had ridden waves. You've been exposed to it. You I've just never had that opportunity. And no. Now, but now you're by the beach. But now I live in Carlsbad. These are the coolest guys. Yeah. And this is the group I want to be in as I'm deciding where my place in the human experience is. And so I got into surfing. And I was, I was, I, you know, I had the worst style. Like, I, I never really had a great, no one ever said, Joey Brand has an incredible style. Like, that never, those two things in me never go together. <laughs> I'm more like David Nueva on a fish in the early 70s. You're just like, Why love you, baby, love you, baby. You know, like, that's me. You know, so anyways, um, I got wax on my board. You figured it out. Like, I figured it out. I got it waxed. We had no leashes. And then, um, you know, again, it's springtime and it's freezing. And this is where I got my first nickname, Sandcrab, because I, I could last about 15 to 20 minutes. Sandcrab Sand was your first nickname. First nickname, yeah. I could last for about 15 to 20 minutes uh, without a wetsuit in 55 degree water. And I figured out riding the white water pretty quickly. So with no help, with no help, yeah. There's no one did. There's no surf schools. There's there no soft tops. Yeah. And old dudes didn't Tom, help either. Tom Morey lived up the street down at Chestnut Avenue. This is '73. He didn't build the boogie board till '75. The first prototypes that we yeah. rode with Tet Paul. But so, there was surfing going on. Yeah, there. Oh, there's surfers at Tamrock. There yeah. was a pecking order. They had a crew. The cool guys had the beaver tails. This is on the beaver tail. You know, the unbuckled yeah. diver suit was yeah. happening. That was a sign of coolness. Yeah. And yeah, the Brad McCall front zip surfer house wetsuits. I had nothing. Okay, and I froze. But they had all that sand at Tamarack back then. It wasn't all the, it's, there, was, there was more sand way back in the day. I had volleyball courts there. And I would come in and I'd lay in the sand to get warm. <laughs> and then I'd do like this little shuffle across the sand and you'd see this little trail. Because you've got to find a hot spot, next I had hot spot. Find, next hot spot. You yeah. don't know what it's like like that. So like this, so that, that's, how how I, it. that's how I did it. And so everyone started calling me Sand Crab. <laughs> that's, and that, that's how I got my nickname, Sand Crab. And that was my calling card for the first four years I was a surfer. And, and we didn't say, even today in Carlsbad, yeah. if I'm walking down Coast Highway, somebody calls someone me. might drive a guy, Sand Crab! <laughs> it's just some old Tamrack guy that knows I won the Pipe Masters, but he's never going to call me the California Kid or yeah, Pipe yeah. Masters. Some nicknames just yeah, stick. I, yeah. I, I'm Sand Crab. You yeah. know? And the first breakout magazine, the very first copy, volume one, number one, George Salvador, the publisher, it was pitched to him to call it the California Kid or Sand Crab. And he went with Sandcraft. Your first photo in the mag. My first feature interview with Breakout Magazine, the very first issue. It, 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 it Joey Sandcraft. You can go with California Kid or you can go with the, his new name after making the pipe finals at 17. ABC, California Surfer Kid. Magazine, all called me California Kid. And that's, you can call me Sandcraft. And he went with Sandcraft. That's so awesome. Can yeah. I tell you? We were friends with George Salvador. But George is great. Love and George. he just came out with the magazine. Yeah. Did you hear that? I did. Surf West Coast. And good for us because we need surf magazines. Yes. Because yeah. every good surfer needs to know what it's like to walk into 7-Eleven and see your picture in a magazine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, yeah. Go, go to the, just the, the old, like the supermarkets had a whole aisle of magazines yeah. and newspapers and, yeah. and now they're like, it's gone. Yeah. I had the, that 7-Eleven in Carlsbad, which used to be near Elm Street, but now it's Carlsbad Village Drive. They used to have the magazines, right? Especially when after 78 when Surfer and Surfing went monthly. I had the hat trick. There was one month where I had all three covers. Okay, let's not go. Yeah, no, no, I have to tell you though. Yeah. I, I walked in, there's my 7-Eleven. Yeah. This is before Starbucks, right? Everyone drank 7-Eleven coffee. I was just like, what? The whole yeah. universe of all time. They sold sex racks at 7-Eleven. Yeah. Sex, yeah. sex yeah. racks at 7-Eleven. Yeah. I'd be like, you 
whatever reason, I don't have any wax. You know, surf shops didn't you know, open up in time. Seven Eleven. Right, there you go. So that's that's kind of how it all began. That's the initial Carlsbad, the background before getting to Carlsbad, then get cutting my teeth at Tamarack Beach in that first year of '73, the spring and summer of '73, and picking up that nickname Sand Crab. But the other key element to this story is David Barr. So Sparring we, partner? Oh, for sure. And David Barr is all time. And he's always kind of been underrated for various reasons because he's not a big soft promoter. Yeah. But David Barr is just so crazy that in this small town of Carlsbad at the time was like 14,000 people. That I was one year ahead of him in school. That by the end of the summer of 73, when I actually figured out how to catch waves, green face waves, which was a major breakthrough for me. Yeah, that milestone. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. And all of a sudden it clicked. It's like, I did a couple three waves in one session. I'm like, that's how it works, yeah. right? But until you do it, you're just that kook going like, how does, how yeah. does, how do all these guys that I know do this? Yeah. It looks so easy. And and, it, and it's know. simple. Like I took my eight-year-old out and we're at Blackie's and he likes to drop in and go straight. I'm like, no, dude, you got to, you got, you know, trying to push him into right. the, the green faces. I'm like, you, you got to come in at an angle yeah. and it'll shoot you down the line instead of going straight. And then you just, you get caught yeah. behind and just little techniques and tips like that is huge. And we didn't have that growing it, up. And so I can assure you at 73 at Tamarack, there was nobody <laughs> helping anybody. Yeah. And you see some fights sometimes like it, this is the zenith of localism, black wetsuits, no leashes. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a yeah. pretty, it was a tough, I saw some pretty ugly fights yeah. on the beach and in the water. Yeah. So you just, you didn't mess with him, him or him. You yeah. know, it's like the old hooey days in the, in the, in the, late 70s early 80s same thing like don't even look at that guy yeah. don't even look at that guy yeah. so that's how it was but bar was key because what happened is when i went into seventh seventh grade and he was in sixth grade he was still a year behind not at magnolia but another elementary we would meet on saturday mornings like at 4 30 in the morning Damn. between our two houses and we would skateboard to tamarack in the dark and we both had the same dream so when we would be at carlsbad high school watching going surfing or Tales from the Tube, he's the regular foot. He's watching BK, Jeff Hackman. He's going like, that's me. I'm watching Jerry Lopez going, that is me. And, yeah. and, and, or David Nueva. <laughs> Love you, baby. Like, that's me. Yeah. So I was all, So we were a great team in the water because he never went left and I, I never went right. So we were really, you know, when you go serving the buddy, you don't want him taking you. You're competing, yeah. but you're not competing. But right. So Bar and I always split the peak. And, you know, I'm loud. I got my blonde hair. He's... He's got his brown hair. He's more quiet, but he's a winner, and he's he's a shrewd cat. He's a smart dude, and he's confident. Yeah. Like Dave, I I let I let you know I was confident. Dave just kind of like, and it's the funny thing is like going through junior high and high school together as best friends. He he knew that I, the party was going to be about Joey Baran. Like I only got the shirt off at a seventies party, yeah. you know, like a, a house party, like yeah. Jake Giles band, you know. And Dave's just like. But he'd be looking at some cute girl, and he's like, "Brand just gonna crash and burn." But I'm, I'm going in my direction. He, he was focused on the goal. Oh yeah, Dave was Dave was classic. So like, he, we were so good for each other because no matter how annoying or obnoxious I was, he'd just be like, "It's just Joey Brand." Yeah. And so we, I tell people, David is like his surfing, his personality was like Russian ballet, just beautiful, calculated, style, clean, confident. And he's gonna get it done. Me, I'm like, I'm like punk rock in the '80s, slamming people. Yeah, and just 100, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, well, like David, David would be happy catching six waves at J Bay in two hours and surfing for a half mile on each wave. I want, you know, gravel, Salt Creek reforms. I want like 50 of them in 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like 
we were the yin and yang. Yeah, right. We were yeah. so different, and we just became the best of friends. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Randy Lane lived in Carlsbad. West Lane, the famous yeah. West Lane's older brother, Randy. He'd come out from the East Coast. He's from Virginia Beach. So he was doing the WSA4A events with Purpose and Bobby Burchell, Chris O'Rourke, and all those guys. Dale Dobson, Alan Sardo. Yeah. We used to call him the man-child. It's like yeah. 13, he's got a beard. You know, the guy is he's so like, dude, that's, there's no way that guy's in the boys' division. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one of those guys in Little League too, right? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, check his ID. Yeah, just, so, but Randy was already doing the 4As. And so when David and I began to do WSA, 1A, 2A, and then we got to what they call the 3A, because there was no NSSA, of course. Mm. Yeah. We had like a dis- we had district contest every other month, and then there'd be like the three A invitationals every other month. Can we? Okay, so that first board, Will Gilligan. Yeah, my, Mike Gilligan's Mike board. Gilligan. Yeah, I had that board for about the whole summer. Single fin. Single fin. What and size? Then, uh, you think? Uh, six or six three. And then then uh, a local shaper maybe a, a board my first brand new board and it, it kind of rode like a local shaper's board. It wasn't as good as Mike Gilligan's board. Then I ended up. Mowing lawns for a couple months to buy a GNS, a, a, a little swallowtail single fin. It was magic board. Each time getting a little yeah, more yeah, refined. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the GNS board was fantastic. That board was that board was incredible. I surfed. I progressed. I surfed really well on that board, and uh, eventually, uh, one of the a local guy gave me a Jerry Lopez uh, board, a lightning bolt board. That was, you know, I had a board with a lightning bolt on it. It's yeah. like nineteen seventy. It's gonna work insane. Yeah, yeah, I'm Jerry Lopez. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you know. Like that's so that was that was huge, uh, but no one you know it wasn't until seventy five that I actually had a sponsor, Midget Smith in nice. San Clemente was my first sponsor when he ran natural design boards and he was shaping under Terry Martin the legend there in South Orange County. But if you backtrack just a little bit, there's a key part of this story what we got to come back to. So in the summer of seventy three, yeah. in in seventy three that first year, early on. Um, it was in that year, it was 73, that Wide World of Sports had the Pipe Masters on TV. Mm. So the first Pipe Masters, Jeff Hackman won, you know, with six guys on a coffee table. Yeah. And then the next year, Jerry Lopez won it. Again, like six guys made for TV. Hemmings and Rourke were so far ahead of their time. Then the third, the third year, Jerry won it again. So he won the second and third Pipe Masters. It was one of those two that was on Wide World of Sports. On TV, national TV. And back in the day, if you're a baby boomer, we all watched Wild World of Sports. Wild World, yeah. Wild World of Sports. World it World showed the skier, you know, like the thrill of victory in the Aggie. Yeah. always showed this. Yeah. Like, but this is a baby boomer thing. This isn't even a, this is, this isn't even a Gen X thing. This is a baby boomer thing. Yeah. Like we grew up with Wild World of Sports because all yeah. the alternative sports were on Saturdays on Wild World of Sports with Jim McKay. Yeah. So Jerry Lopez won it and we're at our friend's house in San Diego and I watched it. I watched Jerry Lopez win the Pipe Masters, and with the living God of the universe as my witness, I turned to my mom, and I said, I'm going to win that contest. <laughs> I'm going to win that contest. Now, this is when I'm like, you know, crab stance, yeah. crab, you know. This is like first year, this second first year. year. This is like, you know, and I'm like, but you know, like, we know how this is. Kids watch yeah. the college football championships and watch Michigan win. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the running back for Michigan. Right? Like, yeah, you're thinking yeah. big. Yeah, my, my son, my son, anything. Yeah. My son played the league in Costa Mesa. And one day we're coming. He's like, dad, I want to play baseball for USC. And I'm like, and you can, you yeah. know, like you're a dad, yeah. you get it. Right. So I'm like, mom, I'm going to win the pipe match. Like, sure, Joe. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm going to win the pipe match. I'm going to win that contest. Like, I know I'm going to win that contest. That's so and, 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 and the, and the thing is, it never, it never changed. Yeah. From seeing Jerry Lopez win on all the sports, 
I it never changed. I never backed down from saying I was going to win it. I told David Bark to testify. Yeah, I'm in eighth grade. You know, like we're at junior high dance. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to win the pipe masters. Yeah. You know, he just kept saying, that. Yeah, I was, I was going to win the pipe masters when I, when there was big south swells at Tamarack, and yeah. I was surfing in front of the parking lot, and spot was like ten foot. I'd be like, Joey Brand against Jerry Lopez in the pipe masters. <laughs> like, I'm like that obsessed. Guy. I'm yeah. that guy. But that's a good obsession. You're, you're, you're so hyper focused. Yeah, you're envisioning. Oh, I, the future. I was going to win. It. David Barr and I would go down to La Paloma and watch the movies. I'll never forget five summer stories the first time we saw that La Paloma. But, you know, the surf movies after like 30 minutes are kind of two hours of just like guys getting barreled or doing cutbacks and bells, right? Slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, and like hippie music, like basically if you're not stoned, then they're doing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I would sit there and they do like, all these movies had the 20 minutes of Dre Lopez and Roy Russell at Pipe. Just water shots over and over. It mesmerized you. And I would just sit there like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to win Pipeline. I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. That's why I'm alive to win Pipeline. So that was, it was always there. Yeah. So, and even when I was a pro surfer, I was a pro surfer as a means to an end. The end was to win the Pipe Masters and be Jerry Lopez. Yeah. To be king of the Pipeline. Because Jerry Lopez wasn't just the Pipe Master. He was king of the Pipeline. Yeah. Jerry Lopez and the Ro- Lightning Bolts. Roy Russell was prince of the Pipeline. Jackie Dunn was kind of like a sub-prince of the Pipeline. Jerry Lopez was, was, the, man. was the man. Yeah. The king of Pipeline. So and style, oh, everything. And he, you know, he was Zen master. So cool. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like there, no one. I mean, Larry Birdman was super cool. Like Larry yeah. Birdman tilted the room as the rubber man. But you know, Jerry Lopez. Well, I'll tell you. About three years ago, they had a thing at the Surf Museum in Oceanside with all these pipe famous people, and it was a church night. So I came after service, but I came down there. Jim Kempton was putting it on. Fred Hemmings was awesome. there. Awesome. We yeah. interviewed Jim. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I get there late, but not too late. And Jerry's there, Rory's there, and these other guys are there. I see Rory like, what are I go to him, I kiss him on the head. He's like, oh, because you can do that with Rory. I see Jerry Lopez, I'm like, <laughs> you don't kiss Jerry Lopez on the head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give you a good brand. Yeah. Nobody kisses Jerry Lopez on the head except it's his like mom. Mr. Miyagi, yeah. But it's crazy. I was just like, it was like, Jerry's on the head. And Jerry tried to, yeah. 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 <laughs> I Different. got I got a picture with Jay. I didn't get a picture with Rory. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's all you need to know. So that was always an undercurrent with all that 73, 74, 75, 76. David and I did the military dependent contest at church. That was our first contest we did at Church Beach. Nice. First Cause ever. He, yeah, because he's a military dependent as well. Yeah. So we did that. I lost my first seat. How many people would show up to like an event like that? Like they had like thirty, probably like six heats in our division. Yeah, we didn't know what we we're doing. This is like 1973, 74. Yeah, and and Danny Smith from Oceanside Harbor, he's another one of those North County guys. Danny Smith was a really good surfer. Oceanside, yeah. Oceanside had really good surfers. John Douglas, Danny Smith, Mike Barron, Joey Baldwin. They had really good surfers, but those guys didn't have the same kind of competitive drive. Those guys like moved to the North Shore. They. They so, wanted to live the lifestyle. They, 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 they're lifestyle. Okay. they served yeah. Baja, go disappear yeah. in Central America for like half a year. Whereas the Carlsbad guys, Randy Lane, Barr, myself, Wes would come out and visit. We were all about the emerging IPS tour. You know, PT, Ian, Mark Warren, Sean Thompson, Michael Thompson. Like You guys so, are like the first generation of like contest surfers, you know? Yeah, oh, it was, for sure. Yeah, like WSA, pre-NSSA, and it was... Because you're like right after busting down the door. Well, in a sense, we were already wanting to bust down the door when Rabbit and those guys busted it down. Yeah. So you, you get a timeline. 
If you go back to 75, 76, that's when David Barr and I started winning all these WSAs. Purpose would show up. He was a rock star. Mike Purpose was just huge. But he's older than you guys. He right? was older. Yeah. So he's like, he, he, he's like, he's the rock star with his feather in his hat. He's the Bailey ads. No, Mike Purpose was the one in the finals of the Duke on TV, right? But he had Benavides and Barella with him. South Bay guys. Yeah. So Purpose would show up at a WSA like, you know, oh yeah. gosh, everyone's intimidated. There's Mike Purpose. And he's got Benavides and Barella with him. But then Randy Lane would show up with me and Barr and be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, okay. This is our clerk. This is our, yeah. yeah. So, you know. So anyways, that's where Barr, Barella, Benavides, and I, at one point, we were called the four Bs. We all had last names with B. And <laughs> and, and, and so it, pretty much every WSA in the 3A in either boys or juniors for the next three or four years, yeah, it, it, it was Barr, Benavides, Baran, or Barella that won it. And, or Sardo was in the mix and Willie Morse. Yeah. Those those were the guys. Yeah, uh, that's your age group, and those were the top, those of, the, top the of the class. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Sardo was Sardo was there. Uh, Chris O'Rourke was the best surfer, but he wasn't even doing Chris O'Rourke at that time. He was the king of the four A. That was like the semi pro, and it kind of faded right when we were coming up high in three A. WSA ditched the four A because all these little semi pro events started showing up, like the Staples Pro at Lowers that Michael Ho won, and then O'Rourke went down to Australia. So Chris, you know, Chris O'Rourke was phenomenal. Okay, he's like, the one that died with his cancer. cancer. Chris O'Rourke was just phenomenal. Jerry Lopez said that he, you know he's the future world champion from California. Wow. Chris O'Rourke was doing things in the barrel that I saw at Big Rock that I didn't see anyone do until I saw Kelly Slater doing it at Tabarua like no hands, years later. no hands, backside. Wow. O'Rourke was insane, and he was a super naughty competitor. So Chris O'Rourke, we all knew Bar Barella Benavides. We all knew Chris O'Rourke was the man. Purpose was on the way out. Dale Dobson was kind of on the way out. The real man was O'Rourke, who's about two years older than us. Sort of like JV, he's varsity. So he went down to the stubbies in 77, that famous stubbies that put the whole pro tour on the map, the man-on-man format, and he surfed really well. And they had a big spread on him in Surfing Magazine. And he, Mark Fu and him, and I forget who else, uh, were they, Charlie Smith from Haliba, they, were all, they did this thing called The Boys. They featured four surfers that they felt were going to change the world. Shane Haran was the other one. And Chris O'Rourke was in there. Wow. So Chris O'Rourke was like... Huge. Chris O'Rourke was here for me. So we go back to my wallpaper room, okay? My sports wallpaper room. So within six months, the entire room is covered with surf photos. Yeah. I bought... I got every surf magazine I could. Guys like Randy Lane gave me some old back issues. The entire room, every wall, from top to bottom, were surf shots. So now there's like 73, 74. So like Michael Ho's cover shot, his switch foot cover shot, Al Moana on Surfer. These are all over my wall. So these guys are now my heroes. My entire wall, I put it, without my mom's permission, I put it over the wallpaper. My mom bought a blue casket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I put it on the entire wall. This is my role. And by now, there's starting to be these pro contests. The Duke had prize money. It was on ABC where I was sports. Yeah. But Masters had prize money. And you started to see things out of Australia with some prize money, 74, 75. What kind, what kind of prize money? Like $300 for winning. Yeah. You know, like equal, like fifth to six was like $50, $25. That kind of, but people were getting paid to serve. So at the same time, I'm at Valley Junior High, and I had a teacher, when I, I did a school report saying I'm going to be a pro surfer and win the Pipe Masters, I had a teacher say to the entire class, they'll never be pro surfers. They, they like literally said, you will not be a pro surfer. Who said this? A teacher at Valley Junior High. She said, you will never, they'll never be pro surfers, and people, because this is yeah. like 74, oh. 75. This is before the IPS tour. Yeah. And she just said, there's no... There's, there's no such thing. There's no yeah. such thing. Yeah. I mean, there it's were... Not like, an op- it, it was counterculture, stoners, yeah. you yeah. know... They're uh, outcasts, for they're, sure. They're outcasts, right? That's the right word, too. 
And I'm like, I'm going to be a pro surfer. And I know what they're thinking, but I'm, I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. I'm going to be yeah. a pro surfer. So all of a sudden in 76, the magazines are still bi-monthly. Well, WSA had a, a, a newspaper magazine. It was called Seabreeze. And Randy Lane had a bunch of these old copies that he was in. And he gave them to me. So Chris work is all over these things. So Chris works like 13 and 14 in these like back issues, like 72, 73, 74. What a and Chris work was winning everything. So he's beating Purpose and Dale Dobson, Chuck wow. Pritchard, all these guys. Chris Orr, I'm like, this guy's the guy. So there was a WSA event at Cherry Street in Carlsbad about this time, 74, 75. And I'm surfing Tamarack and I see they're doing this contest. I'm like, oh, there's a contest. I'm going to run down there. I wasn't doing WSA yet. I ran down there. Just to watch? Or just to watch. I get David Barr. I run down there with David Barr. And Chris O'Rourke is out there. I knew it was Chris O'Rourke. You couldn't miss him. He had the long blonde hair. He's a regular foot. And he surfed like current. His style was so clean. Chris O'Rourke was phenomenal. And I had never seen anyone surf that good in my entire life. I was blown away. I was like, that is Chris O'Rourke. And he was wow. a couple years older than me. So he's still pretty young. Yeah, yeah, pretty young. A couple years older than me. And I, so I had his photos on my wall from the Seabreeze magazine. I'm like, that's Chris O'Rourke. So now, fast forward, like between 74, 76. Now Barr and I and the Brella and Benavides, we own WSA. There is no NSA. We're the guys. We're the future. And along with Sardo. Sardo actually got on on the tour like in 77, 78. Yeah. As like when he was 17 or 18, he had like money. And he got out there with Randy Lane, Midget Smith. Some of those guys did Rocky Sabo. They did parts of the tour in 77, 78, like yeah. South Africa, Brazil. I mean, it was all just fluid. Like the first year, the IPS, they did like maybe eight or 10 events. Total prize money was like maybe 30000 for the entire tour. They announced at the end of the year that PT's the champion. Fred Hemmings takes a trophy out of the Honolulu Outrigger Club and poses for a picture with Peter Town with a trophy that wouldn't even his to be the world champion. <laughs> Just needed a photo op or something. Yeah, photo op with your first pro surfing world champion, Peter Townend. That's so crazy. And that's how it happened in 76. But here's Barr and I. We're getting Surfer Surfing magazines yeah. every other month. We'd read, I'd read the ads, editorial, every letter, everything, top to bottom. Again yeah. and again. Again and again and again, again, again. Every other month, you know? Isn't it crazy and how stare at photos. important surf magazines were to uh, us? It's, it's, that was it. There was no internet. I mean, this, this is where you got your news. Yeah. And, and, you know, to get a photo of the magazine was everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was just, so big. It was off the charts, everything. And the movies, the surf movies oh, that would, you know, they... I would dream... Because they wouldn't come around a lot. It's, it'd be uh, summertime, right? They, they would, well, they, they would eventually, and occasionally some weird underground Aussie film would come through town. Yeah. Like, some underground Aussie movie. It'd be Michael Peterson at Bells in 75 would be like, wow, that guy's so good. How does he surf that good? Yeah. So this was this was it. Yeah. I, when I saw David Nueva in Five Summer Stories riding that fish, love you, babe, at Southside Hunting at the wide stance, I was like, man, that's somebody I can relate to because that's yeah. what I serve. And and I want to attack like David Nueva. Yeah. Then he shows up at a WSA contest exhibit. Like, <laughs> just like a year later. Boys, boys first, Huntington Beach, 3A Invitational, 1976. 1976. What a that trophy. Is, yeah, I, I, I would have beaten Barr and Barella in this final. That thing is, dude. That is a special. I have trophy. hardly anything left. I gave all my trophies away. My mom threw them away. Somehow that guy dude. made the cut. Now it's like this is <laughs> beyond <laughs> sick piece of wood carving. That's a work a of leather, art. A leather, a leather like embossed patch, rope, picture of somebody surfing. WSA. WSA. That thing yeah. is legit. Yeah, and you know that was the old. That's when WSA had six districts, right? District one, two, yeah. just right up the coast. Huntington was district five. San Diego was district six. It came down from Santa Cruz. The numbers, yep. the, Santa Cruz was one. County almost, yeah. or area. And, and right about this time, when Barr and I were taking off and starting to become dominant in the WSA, 
they created a new district, District 5A, and it was South Orange County and North Senegal County. So we were always competing against the San Clemente guys. So now you're talking Gary Ziegler, Tommy Castleton, Huey Limebrook, all those San Clemente guys that were that first wave of really good San Clemente surfers. So yeah. Tommy Castleton, Huey Limebrook were great North Shore surfers, pipe surfers. We served against those guys in boys and juniors. So that's, that's kind of like, so I wrote for Midget Smith before they created District 5A. But once I wrote for Midget Smith in San Clemente, I spent a lot of time in San Clemente with Midget and we had the condescent, San Clemente Pier, T Street, and Oceanside Harbor, and uh, Carlsbad Campgrounds, like the gap between, you know, on the north end, that gap right there. That's where we did our events. And yeah. and who would have known, like, the, the quality of the surfers was, was pretty high at yeah. that time. And, and so this was all happening in 75, 76, all the surf movies, Carlsbad High, yeah. all these things. The mag Peter Townsend World Champion, magazines are still bi-monthly. And what shop, what like surf shop was your like guys' go to like after school weekends, like check new products? It, it, it was Offshore Surf Shop, was the only surf shop in Carlsbad. And what happened is so that Barbie Barron, Barbie Barron, Mike, Bar Mike, Mike Barron's older sister. Okay. Yeah. So, what, what happened for me is so in 1975, because I did these WSA events, Bar did them too, we both got invited like as alternates to the U.S. championships. Now, at that time, the U.S. Championships rotated the four coastlines. So you'd be Cape Hatteras, uh, Alamona Bowl, Huntington Pier, and South Padre Island. So that year, we went to South Padre Island. A lot of people didn't want to go, so I knew I'd get in the event as an alternate because... Nobody's going to go. No one, you know, the interest wasn't high. So I literally got a job that summer at Ukigawa Tomatoes in Carlsbad, where, <laughs> Legal, where Legoland is. Yeah. yeah. So those guys would hire anybody. And, and so I'm out there at you know, 14 years of age, and the guy would Picking show up tomatoes. to Junior Ukitawa. I was sorting green and red tomatoes. Junior Ukigawa would show up. The Ukigawa family, they were in the internment camps during World War II. And wow. when the war was over, they moved to Carlsbad, and they bought a bunch of land, and those those strawberry fields that are still there, that's the Ukigawa family. They still own part of those fields. They sold the land to Lego, all right? So that's all you They're can rich. Yeah, yeah, you're a realtor, I'm a realtor. Yeah, yeah we get it. Okay, so, so they, they, Lego land bought Ukigawa's land. But back in the 70s, all the Carlsbad guys that need a summer job, the Tamarack guys, you could hitchhike from Tamarack on PCH, yeah. get to uh, Palomar Airport Road, and you get dropped off at Ukigawa. And they're paying you by like how much your your bush you're working. Uh, well, actually, I got paid by the hours, like about probably three bucks an hour or something. I don't even know how we did. I was a minor. I didn't have a work permit or nothing. You yeah. know? It, was, it was the 70s, man. It was yeah. a free-for-all. But Junior Ukigawa came out there, you, 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 and you, and I went out for about five days before I got hired. And they put me on the line with these Latinas, these older Latina ladies, you know, abuela and whatnot. And for eight hours, green, orange tomatoes. Dang. <laughs> I'm like, I was earning my money to go to the U.S. Championships. Yeah. To go to Texas. That's so amazing. I bet you're outpacing everybody there. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. You know? You're making it so <laughs> good. Boss is fascio. You got four crates and we got one or two. Like, no. slow down. But see, the real job you can get is when you built the crates, the tomato crates. So guys like Wade Patterson, the older surf guys that have been working there for a while, they had the better jobs. But you always start out sorting green. In there. Yeah, work your way up. Yeah. So I made enough money to go to Texas. Went to Texas to buy Jerry Lopez lightning bolt surfboard yeah. that the local gave me. And a hurricane hit when we were there. And the surf came up. It was pumping. But the wind was about 35 miles an hour. I'm walking up the beach after warming up before my heat. The wind rips the board out of my hand. Comes down and breaks in half. <laughs> Shut up. My only board. Breaks in half. Boom. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm board your butt. So yeah. anything you get. Yeah, and I picked up an, a new nickname at that U.S. Championships, Boardless. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. So, so th- this is where it gets great because Midget Smith was the shop owner for Natural Design Surfboards at the time, and Gary Ziegler rode from Gary Ziegler was in the event, and we're kind of a comparable body size. So I borrowed Gary Ziegler's board, and then I made the finals of the boys. So it was a pretty big deal. Like I went to U.S. Champions and alternate. I made the finals. 14 I, years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no no parents. I don't even know who I went with. I think I went with Mark Levy, the famous junior ripper out of South Bay. We all, we flew into Brownsville. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was just like, it was, yeah. it was the 70s. Everybody just figured it out. I'm 14 gonna, years old. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say this. It was the 70s, man. Like, yeah. you just, you know, like, people like Stranger Things and those kind of shows. Yeah. Are, like, it was the 70s. I'm telling you, it was like that. Yeah, loose. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was loose. So, uh, I brought this board. I make the finals. I come home. I'm like, I'm Joy Brand. I'm going to be a pro surfer. I'm going to win the Pipeline Masters. I convinced my mom to go to the surf shops in North County. Like, Barbie wasn't going to sponsor me. Like, Barbie's yeah. like month to month. Like, kind of like Bud at 17th Street, right? Yeah. You know, hey, there's like, hey, there's only... Hey. <laughs> Good months, bad months. No, <laughs> yeah. well, no. I, I stand or fall here, you know? Like, my son tried to get a job with Bud Lamas, and Bud goes, I love your dad, but there's only enough income for me here. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, you know? Yeah. So that's how Barbie was. So my mom and I got in the car. We drove down south. So the first one was Pure Fun Surfboards in Lucadia, right when you come up from Pano. It was on the right. Yeah. Pure Fun, they're all like hippie guys. They're like psychedelic. This is Lucadia in like 75. Yeah, loose. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're hippies. I, I'm, they, not, I'm not sure they're always selling surfboards. No, yeah. that, that was a front. That was a front for <laughs> yeah. sure. And they're like, no, nah. they're like, no. And then we went to Encinitas Surfboards and we got down to Hanson Surfboards or Sunset Surfboards. Everyone said, no, no, I have my trophy. I'm like, I just got fourth. So you were trying to get a sponsor. sponsor. Yeah, I was trying to get someone to sponsor me for contests and, and give me a deal on boards. And who taught you that? Like, who said, I was hey. just going to do it. But Mike Purpose was the one guy that was a self-promoter at that time. So if you just follow the surf magazines, just do what Mike Purpose is doing. Yeah. You so, know, you, so you knew, like, if I could get into a surf I'm shop. I'm going to be a pro surfer. I need a sponsor. And to be a sponsor. My, my mom said, if you're going to be a pro surfer, you need a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, yeah you're, you're going to take, you know, that uh, ownership, like that reciprocated assistance yeah. you got to put forth the effort and and not a portfolio it's the trophy that you I had my trophy there yeah. was no portfolio yeah and, and uh How funny yeah uh, so i went to all these surf shops <laughs> you're going around hey <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm a gun for hire <laughs> I, no i was like i'm joe Baran. i just made the finals u.s championships i'm gonna be a pro surfer i'm gonna win the pipeline masters <laughs> sponsor me sponsor me that's what you told people literally okay. yeah that's who i was <laughs> okay awesome. so anyways uh, we go all the way to Hanson, and everyone's like, nah, you're a good kid, but nah, you're, that's not really our vibe. That's not our thing. So uh, that's where we stopped, at Hanson Surfboards, right there by Swami's. And I'm like, okay, Mom, we got to go to Orange County. We got to go, go to San Clemente. Yeah, we got to go north. Yeah. So the next day, or whatever it was, it wasn't the same day, we go to San Clemente, and I didn't really... I mean, I read a natural design board to make the finals, but I didn't really connect it. Like, Midget, he's the guy. So it was like an, it was like a... Like, it was a surf shop next to a laundromat. It was just random. You know, it's on the main strip there, but more when you're going toward Capo. We pull in. I get out. I can totally remember all this. I walk in there, and there's Midget Smith working the surf shop. And he's like, hey. And Midget was a mellow guy. Yeah. Uh, he was the second David Bar in my life because he could put up with me. Uh, so, and I walk in. I was like, hey, Midget. Hey, Midget. Look, I got my trophy. He's like, yeah, you got your trophy. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for a sponsor. I'm going to be a pro surfer. I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. And he's like, I'll sponsor you. Wow. You're 14 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'll sponsor you. And, and, and Midget, thus Midget became like uh, a mentor. big a mentor, big brother. Yeah. And he was already shaping boards. Again, he was trained by the legendary Terry Martin. 
and he worked under Terry Martin. Of course, like a lot of those industry guys that made boards, he got cancer. Like Billy Castor, all those guys, yeah. they didn't know. They they all almost all of them died young from cancer. And, yeah. and Midget beat cancer once, and they didn't beat it twice. But uh, at that time, he was young, and he did WSA men's division, and we would go to Santa Cruz for the for the WSA event. We'd Go to Ventura County Line, whatever. So he chaperone kind of too. Oh, he was like a chaperone. My yeah. mom, my mom loved Midget. She trusted Midget. Midget was great. By this time, um, my my parents were close to getting divorced. Okay, so in the home life, so this is 76, 75, 76. Yeah. My dad was still in the Marine Corps. He was lieutenant colonel, and he was in charge of Camp Pendleton or Camp Del Mar, Del Mar, DMJ. Yeah. That was his place. So Barr, he's a military brat. We both figure out that DMJ's got the best surf in the yeah, area. For sure. And we had the military dependence. Yeah. So everyone wanted to take us to DMJ. All the Tamarack locals now were their buddies. Yeah. And so now we're starting to get good in the contest and we surf DMJ all the time. Well, then guys like Chuck Schmid, Bob Hurley, because Bob Hurley used to hang out when he did Hurley surfboards, he hung out with Chuck Schmid, the photographer who worked for surfing, and they wanted to shoot DMJ. And Bob Hurley wanted to surf DMJ. That's how I met Bob Hurley. Because he also did WSA. So Chuck Schmid, Bob Hurley would come down to North County and we'd go on base with my dependence card and David Barr. And that's what we'd do. And so our my first what photo... a small world. Yeah. My first photo in the surfing magazine... Well, the first one was a gut wrencher because it was me in Texas, but I didn't say my name. No, so no. everyone, everyone at lunchtime was like, that's not you. I'm like, that's me, man! <laughs> in a contest? like Yeah, the uh, contest where I made the finals. Yeah. Where I made the finals. I'm like a little... On a borrowed board. I'm on a borrowed board. I'm like, that's me! And he's like, that's that's Joey. That's well, I was called Joe then. That's Joe Moran. That's the sandcrop. And now that's not him. You know, high schoolers are like, it yeah. doesn't say it's him. It's not him. I'm like, that yeah. was the first shot. Yeah, my first shot in the magazine didn't even say it's me. Oh. Uh, I was tormented. But then, because Chuck Schmidt came down, we got an epic day at DMJ, and he got a great shot of Bar that ran full page. Then he had a really good shot of me that ran half page, both color. And then the same issue, I had a smaller shot at Gravels, an all time day at Salt Creek, all time water shot that Chuck Schmidt took. So in our first, you know, our first magazine that we're identified by name, Barr and I were in the same issue. He had the full page color shot. I had the half page color shot, but I had two shots. Yeah. So it was like, you know, hey, I got two. Yeah. You you're no, a guy, you're a magazine guy. Barrel, barrel shots? Uh, both barrel shots. Yeah. Of course. And yeah. Barr was hitting the lip. This is David Barr. Hitting the lip. And Joey Brands, he's going over it. I'm going under it. Yeah. You know? So anyways, that's all 75, 76 in that, that range and Bar and I are both getting better and better. Yeah, me just making all my boards. And are you are you switching to like a twin fin by now or? No, this is all single fins. Single? We, barely, we barely had leashes. The first leash I saw about a year before, Randy Lane had a homemade leash. He had a leather belt that he had around his uh, his ankle, <laughs> oh my God. and he had a rope, and then he had it tied to. A, he drove the a hole hole on the, fin. the fin, hole in the fin tied, yeah. and he had a leash. And I remember seeing him fall at Tamrack, and the board stopped, and I was like. Hey, <laughs> that works. Because after I went from being sand crab in the wetsuit, yeah. I begged and pleaded my mom. She bought me a, 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 a no-zip sleeve, O'Neill no-zip sleeve. But David Barr had the front zip with a beaver tail, man. Yeah, way cooler. Way cooler. Yeah. It just zipped out. Mine was like an arm. It was like, it's like these new wetsuits. It was, a, it was yeah. a really baggy one, right? No, it wasn't the baggy ones. Those were later. This was just tight. It worked, but I didn't have, you know, yeah. uh, but Barr had the beaver tail. And because of the clean style, he looked like Greg Weaver on the skateboard, on the Cadillac. He'd be, yeah. like, he'd like be cutting, and his beaver tail would be flapping. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, love you, baby, love you. Psychic. <laughs> Psychic. So, Randy Lane was 
Midget Smith was like mentoring me as like a sponsor, like a big brother. Randy Lane was taking me and David Barr to these WSA contests yeah. and discipling us and training us in competition surfing. But this is where it's epic. Wes was dominating the East Coast, ESA. And Randy be like, ah, oh, my brother's gonna come out here and kick your butt, man. You guys, you and Barr are nothing. My brother's gonna be this and that. Like, and so me and Barr, like, we unified on this one. Like, we gotta just punk this guy when he comes yeah. out from Virginia Beach. So Wes comes out. Wes was already six foot. Huge. He's huge. So yeah. me and Barr, like, five, six and a half, you know, like, we're looking at Wes and like, no one's punking this guy. Nobody's out paddling him. Yeah. And, 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 and this nobody's is, groveling his right. And this is before priority. Yeah. So that's like, it's Mark Richards, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's Michael Phelps, right? Like, it's not fair. Yeah. So, like, me and Barr getting a paddle race, and Wes Lane's like, toom, toom, toom. You know? Yeah. And Wes was a really good surfer. He was. So the first time Wes came out, Randy had been talking him up. Wes, he did some WSAs, and he he, he beat us in a couple. Like, he would come out and compete, yeah. and he definitely beat us sometimes. And so as we became the best surfers in California, we realized Wes Lane definitely was a high-caliber surfer. Yeah. Little did I know, in 84, we both break in the top 10 with Kern for the first time. Crazy. Yeah, I yeah. was seven, Kern was eight, Wes was nine. That's epic. Yeah. So this is all these stories that are just layers together from the, this is 75, 76, 77. But now I gotta come back to Chris work for a minute. So now it's like 77. Burrell and Benavides, they're three and four. Me and Barr are one and two. That's just the way it is. I won every junior invitational for two straight years in the WSA. Barr was second pretty much in all of them. And if he wasn't, it was Benavides or Barrella, and Barr was third. Like, there was just no... You know, there's just no... There, that, 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 and we all went on to have great careers, yeah. pro careers. Yeah. Can I... Yeah, go ahead. Stop real quick. We always talk about this, how Huntington Beach has produced so many like world-class surfers and back in the day it wasn't Huntington Beach that was producing you know what I mean it was you guys coming out of Carlsbad Oceanside and La Jolla the, the La Jolla and, boys and South Bay like right. you know Ted Robinson oh. Chris Frohoff Matt Rochelle all of them Kelly Gibson yeah. you just keep going on isn't that a trip like yeah. and then now it's San Clemente and Huntington Beach right and then now Encinitas is starting to pop some yeah, world class. I mean, right. yeah, well, like Jake Marshall. But the thing about Huntington uh, is that you know you had the Hawk brothers, and they're in the mags. Carl Hayward and the fit, Rocket Fish that was in the mags seventy seven. Those and Bobby Rochelle was a Huntington guy, yeah. and those Livingston brothers, and they were all, but they're just a little bit older than us. Yeah. It's almost like a high school sports team that was you know had a winning record, but then the the there's fre- nobody to follow suit. There, right? Yeah, but 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 we came in. We're like the freshman team that was going to be dominant. Yeah. Like those guys are more connected to the soul surfing of 71, 72, 73, where Barr and Benavides, Brilla, we were more like 74, 75 guys yeah. where we had, we could see the dream. They didn't really, those guys, it was hard for Bud Rochelle and those guys to see the dream. And Bud was random. So Bud Lamas was really random because he came out of nowhere on our radar. He wasn't a WSA guy. So for these three years, almost like how the NSA open season is now, yeah. you kind of know who's going to be it, right? Like you just sort of know. You the, see him. You, yeah. you know it's going to be these guys. Mm-hmm. So we were the WSA guys, Barr, Brennan, Benavides, Barella, Willie Morris, Alan Sardo. And then that first year, the NSSA that, uh, oh, what was the guy that? Chuck it? Allen. Chuck Allen. Chuck Allen ran it. PT and Ian were involved in it. Bud was their first champion. Rockin' Fig did it. Quite a few guys, like Bill Sharp, were, those guys were all involved with that first year of the yeah. NSSA. But Bud was their first champion. And Bud was a ripper. And none of us knew Bud. 
in the amateur ranks, none of us ever. He competed. never surfed the WSA. No, he never surfed the WSA. None of us had ever competed against Bud ever, and we were all WSA guys. We all knew each other. Willie Morris would make a World Cup final. Barella would make a Pipe Masters final. Benavides had a fantastic career. Those guys would beat me on tour. Yeah. We, but Bud was an anomaly. He just came out of nowhere yeah. with the NSS. And then, see, he's not really like the Hogan, Curran, Robinson, Frohoff, Clisby crew. That's. Yeah. That Jim, that's a, that's a, the Todd Martin, that's a different era. NSSA yeah. era. Yeah. Bud Ramos and really Rock and Fig were the two guys that were the brand of NSSA in 79, 78, their first year. But by the time that happened, us four Bs plus Sarlo and Willie, we were already headed toward the, the direction of the IPS. We yeah. weren't still doing those events. But by 79, and as regional pro-am started popping up, Bud Lamas was a bad dude. You know? Yeah. But, like, he was, like, wow. He, he was, he, but he wasn't really part of the Livingstons, Bob Rochelle, Carl Hayward. He wasn't part of any of those guys. Yeah. And he wasn't part of those guys that came after. He was just Bud Lamas. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's weird that you're, you're bringing up that timeline. And, yeah, you're, you know, the, and this is to say that the tour was just, you know, ASP was just kind of forming. It was IPS. Like, yeah, well, IPS. I mean, well, ASP was 83. Okay, 83. Yeah. So I was thinking it was 81, but yeah. So, right. so we're like really, so like Willie, Sarlo, Benavides Brella, we're all IPS guys. Yeah. We were the old IPS tour. We all probably started surfing without leashes. And by the time we're on the pro tour, you have wet, back zips on your wetsuit, better wetsuits, more money, more events. The tour is more clarified, more established. Fred Hemmings and Randy Rick really accelerated things. Yep. So the, the first year was that strange year with PT winning it all. And then the second year, 77, Sean Thompson won the Pipe Masters and the World Championship. Then in 78, the tour was really getting traction. And that's how I ended up on the tour was 78. So what happened is by 77, I was number one junior, Barr was number two. He didn't really have the money to go out on tour. His mom had cancer. And she had terminal cancer. So Barr went through a really difficult time in his personal life that he had to navigate when I was going out on tour. My mom was a realtor. She had friends in real estate. And she sold my dream. And I had sponsorship from real estate kind of people. with Wow. Yeah. So that's how I was able to get out on tour. Wow. Can we go back? Yeah. um, So Midget Smith. Yes. First sponsor. And we got to come back to O'Rourke too. I got an O'Rourke story. I got to tell you. Midget Smith. And was he... Paying for contests, shaping you boards. Yeah, he was making me boards for free, which was unbelievable in 1975, 76. Free boards were unbelievable. And as I began to excel, I surfed really well on the natural design boards. And I began to win. That first year he made my boards, Barella was ahead of me. Barella was like my first national rival. And Barella was more experienced. Purpose had trained him. He was more advanced in his competition skills. Yeah. Uh, he's a regular footer? He's a goofy foot. Oh, goofy Benavides, foot. Barella, and myself were all goofy foots, and then Barr was the one regular foot. Uh, but Barella was better than me in 75. That next year, he was better than me, and as was Benavides. But on the natural design boards, I just took off. So the following year, I just began to just beat those guys. And, you know, it, you know, if you're making boards for someone, they're winning everything, you're, you're, yeah. more, you're more... It's a good investment, right? Yeah. But Midget was just... Uh, He's just incredible. Like he's such a good friend. Like I say this about Midget and Barr, they could ha- they could tolerate me. I, I you know they 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 I you know, look at how I am right now at sixty two. Can you imagine me like at, yeah. at seventeen, fifteen? I mean, I, I quit going to school because I just didn't want to go to school anymore. Like, 
Barr could handle me, and he would just laugh. And the funny thing about Barr is, I'd eventually make a fool of myself, and he just, he just, he just waited until I made a fool of myself, and the odds would just shift back his way. So like we were the best of friends that way. And then Midget was just the big brother that I just couldn't get under his skin. He was so tolerant and so patient. Yeah. And he was so. I say this. Midget was probably the one person in 1977 that believed I'd win the Pipe Masters other than me. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, Midget, Midget was fantastic. And remember, when I started the PSAA, he was my head judge. And he basically ran the tour with my mom. So that, you know, Midget and I go, I did his daughter's wedding like 15 years ago. That's like awesome. after he was gone and passed yeah. away. So like the history of Midget is just so far reaching. And this is, like you said, 75, 76. I do got to come back to O'Rourke, though, because it's such a key part of this timeline because everything's 77 right now, pretty much what we're yeah. talking about, or, or less. So O'Rourke was unbelievable. He was just unbelievable, right? And I went to Big Rock. So Chuck Schmidt wanted to shoot Big Rock, but this is like super gnarly. Yeah, you can't show oh, up there. Oh, without... oh, oh, this is so like, you know, it's so gnarly. But we're like, we're going to do it. And I had a bright Bailey wetsuit. This one of the Bailey wetsuits that were bright. And I'm like, I'm Joey Brand. I'm going I'm to go surf the pipeline that's in La Jolla. And uh, I didn't really know Chris O'Rourke that well. And it was pumping big rock. Like 10 foot faces, draining, really clean. Jerry Lopez and Roy Russell were on. No way. No freaking yeah. way. Yeah. And Chuck's midnight show up. And so Chuck sets up. And you can imagine, like, oh, it was not. What was the beach? Do you remember what the. There was people watching. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, going it's on. Way, yeah, yeah like, the lightning bolt. Jerry Lopez and Roy Russell out there. Yeah. lightning bolt. I mean, this is it, right? Like, these was there people, other cameras? There was a few other cameras, okay. but there are like you know Eric Ader. It's like celebrity. That you're lucky those guys were out because yeah. it probably diffused like the the situation uh, you guys coming and setting up. Yeah, I was never welcomed in the Hoya ever, and uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> when I was inducted in the Hall of San Diego Hall of Fame this last year, I I hugged Richard Kim and kissed him like thanks for being my friend. <laughs> you know, like, like the Hoya guys just always like no, Joey, Joey Brand's the worst man, and and. Of course, there was a deep rooted resentment because everything I accomplished or work would have accomplished and probably more. That was the general mm -hmm. feeling and there was a good reason to, to believe that. Yeah. So that session at Big Rock, I'll never forget it because I didn't even realize waves could be that good in California. He's regular foot. He's a goofy foot. Oh, he's a regular foot. Yeah. Or works a regular foot. So Jerry and Roy are doing like the classic 70s movie barrel riding Big Rock. Chris is dropping in late and he's doing the Kelly Slater stuff at Tavarua, Chopu. He's looking around. He's looking back. And I'm in the channel going like, I've... You have to realize, I'm kind of becoming the... Cal I'm the sand crab still, but I'm the guy. Yeah. And, and Everybody I'm, knows you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to be there. And and I'm seeing Chris O'Rourke, the guy that was on my walls, who still is on my walls. And he's doing things... Nobody like, else is. Well, like this one, Buttons and Mark Liddell were doing laybacks at Alamoana, right? No one even knew how to backside two ride in 19... I mean, Sean and Rabbit, kind of, because pipe's so big you can't go wrong. Yeah. But like to actually get in those big rock... Big rock's a tricky barrel, right? Yeah, it's... it's Legends, it's shelfy. Yeah, and, and it works just like going like this, he's doing like that, and all this stuff. And he was glaring at me the whole time. And I'm like so catching nice. shoulders, doing cutbacks. They, they weren't going to get... Those guys were... The knee boarders, nobody's giving me nothing at big yeah. rock that day. And I was like, wow. And I just remember I was blown away by how good... Chris O'Rourke held was. his own against those oh, guys. He was better than those guys. He was getting deeper on his backhand and doing. He was, he was twenty years ahead of surfing. Gosh. He was twenty years ahead of surfing. I'm about to cry. He was. Was there any film of this? There is some film. That, yeah, if you see, uh, I'd love it? to check it out. Brian Jennings made a movie. It, it was. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. It was okay. one of his original movies that Brian Jennings made, 
and he, they had some footage of O'Rourke backside tube riding that kind of gives you an idea. I just never, I just never seen anything like that, especially live and right there, and with Jerry and Rory in the water. Yeah, like your heroes. Yeah, they're my heroes, yeah. and he's getting deeper than them, and he's my hero, but he's my subhero. Yeah, and he's just like whoa, and then he went down to Australia and smoked the Stubby's Pro. Then he's all over the mags, and it's the t- it's the rise of Chris O'Rourke. Wow. He's the man. Jerry Lopez, Chris O'Rourke's going to be world champion. Everything is Chris O'Rourke, Chris O'Rourke, Chris O'Rourke. Surfing Magazine, Chris O'Rourke, Shane Horan. These are the guys going to be world champions. And then I'm just about to turn pro, and Chris O'Rourke gets cancer. Mm. Wow. Yeah. The, that's why I'm, I cry when I tell the Chris O'Rourke stories from my life. Chris, I, you just couldn't believe it. Like, How old was he? I think he was 18. He was about to go out on a full t- full year on the IPS tour in 1970 and 1978, and he had cancer. Wow! So 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 <clears throat> check this sequence. I go to the World Amateur in June of '78 in South Africa. It's at Nahoon Reef. I make the finals. My mom says you make the finals, you can turn pro. That's when there's a clear distinction, right? So I make the finals, I turn pro. I go to Durban. I see Shane Haransur for the first time at 17. I'm like, oh well, man, that's a whole another level. Yeah. Right. Shane Horan at 17 was insane. I go to Durban. I come through the trials. I'm the lowest qualifier. I get Rabbit, the world number one in the world. I'm like, everyone's like, dude, so, so I'm, I'm going to smoke this guy. Wow. I am going to torch Rabbit. What, I remember, kind of, what kind of conditions was it? It was like peaky, three to five foot glassy. It's, it's right near Bolito where they have the QS that yeah. Yeah. challenger now. I don't know why I think this way. But I'm like, I am, I, I'm going to beat Rabbit. Everyone's going to know who I am after I beat Rabbit tomorrow. That's so epic. I've always thought that way. So I remember that never playing ping pong and Robert Waldemar and these Santa Cruz guys, California guys that were there for the worlds and stuff. They're like, dude, man, too bad you drew rabbit. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna smoke rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, rabbit was like the Brazilian storm, right? Yeah. You see Toledo and Medina walking yeah, down the beach rabbit. like, oh, or you see Ra- or Kelly in twenty oh five, you're like, oh man, shakes your hand, kryptonite. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's how the Aussies were. Rabbit was like that. You look at rabbit, you're like, oh I look at rabbit like, oh, I can't go wrong. Dude, I lit him up. I smoked him. I crushed him. I, sm- I smoked Rabbit. Because what you're saying, like, he's the Mick Jagger of surfing. He was. He was busting down. This is when he's busting down the door. Yeah. And he. And is I the, smoked him. He's the guy that will like try to intimidate you. Oh, oh, he you, was brash. Oh, he crap. Oh no, he would show up with a boxer's uh, robe on with Chappie Jennings and all the yes men like Kong coming along, and he like almost like the beatbox for the 49ers had the beatbox. Yeah. He would psych the whole beach out. He was a performer. Yeah. There'd be 10,000 people on the beach in Durban for the Guns 500, and they'd see him come up to the beach and be like, start screaming and yeah. running. It's He's rabid. going to try to beat you before you get oh, to the Oh, for sure. Walk. Like yeah. Slater. Don't, don't, mind don't, game. Don't, yeah. don't shake Slater's hand. It's yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not only like, I mean, his ability is... You know, world champion. Yeah. You know. But the personality. But, but, but the contest strategy is world champion. And then the intimidation is like world champion. Yeah. Like, how, you know. Well, like, and, this, and Joey is like, I'm, I'm going to beat oh, him. No, this is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to smoke him. And, and and so this is what's classic is because like, uh, this is a time when tennis was Bjorn Borg, Jimmy Connors, and John McEnroe. Oh, wow. With the wood rackets. And those were ferocious tennis tournaments yeah. in the late 70s. Those were so good. And all the top guys, like Rabbit and them, 
they love the tennis players. They pictured the pro tour, the pro surfing tour being like the ATP. Mm. So these were their heroes. Yeah. So they, they kind of took on. They were like, talking so much shit. Yeah. yeah. On the, oh, on they the took, court. Yvonne Lendo, they took on that persona. Yeah. And Rabbit, like, dude, like they'd say in the 90s, don't ever play ping pong with Kelly. Yeah. You would never play tennis with Rabbit. Like, Rabbit wanted to get to play tennis. He would, he was really good at tennis. He gets a psychological edge on you. I'm like, I'm not playing tennis with Rabbit. Yeah. You know, like, but. I smoked him. He was so mad because no one even knew who I was. Yeah. And I, I smoked him. Michael Thompson won that event. And suddenly, you know, a month later in Surfing Magazine, Joey Brand beats the world champion, his first pro heat. And here we go. We're trending, right? We're yeah. trending. My name switched a few years before this. Dorian Pasquitz of the famous Pasquitz family, yeah. Doc Pasquitz. They came to Tamarack one day with all the whole trailer and all the passwords, David, Moses, Jonathan, and the rest they, of the Bible. They ran deep. Yeah, the rest of the Old Testament, right? And I hit it off with all of them. I used to do these uh, articles in the magazine about healthy eating, like don't eat French fries, eat cauliflower, that kind of stuff, back in the 70s. And, and so he said, this one wasn't in the magazine, and he said, little Joey Baran, the Tamarack kid. The Tamarack kid? Tamarack kid. But he called me Joey Baran. And for some, re- for some reason, not Joe, Joe, not Joe. So my me. whole life, Joe Baran, when I was in trouble with my mom, yeah. Joseph Martin Baran, like yeah. no one called me Joey until Doc Passwitz called me Joey Baran in Surfing Magazine. Wow. And then that was like when I was 14, Jonathan and I were great friends. We just love each other. We saw each other right now. I hung out with the Passwitz. I, I stayed in the camper, you know, like, but he called me that. And from that time on, whatever reason, it's like the first time I was in the magazine, my name is before Joey. the Chuck Joey. So all of a sudden starts calling me Joey Brand. The Tamarack guy's being like, why is everyone calling Joe Joey? Well, he's sand crab. He's not yeah. Joey. But from then on, every it's time it's I was like, in the magazine, it was Joey Brand, Joey Brand, Joey Brand. So by the time I'm 17, it's Joey Brand. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And were you that stoked is, on it? Oh, I liked it. It was fine. Like, okay. you know, Joey Brand. Like, I didn't really like Joe. You know, like yeah. Joe Mama, Joe Coffee, right? Like, Joe. But Joey is like... Joey. Yeah, it's jo- younger. Yeah, it's younger. Yeah. yeah. So... So Little Joey. Yeah, Joey. Oh, my. You lost to Joey Varan. Oh, my. Oh, jeez, my. Fair dinkum. How'd you lose to him, my? <laughs> did the Tamarack kid stick too or no? No, not really. Okay. Doc gave that to me, but it didn't stick. Just sand grab. So I beat Rabbit. This is the summer of 78. This is June. Then I come back to California. I win the Bob Hart Pro at North Jetty. That's yeah. the one where the check bounced. That, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. His first pro event. The check bounced. <laughs> I read that and I was like, wait, what, 3000 or what was it? 3000 3000 bucks. So this is pro surfing in the 70s. It wasn't an IPS sanctioned event. The guy was a sketchy cat. He was known to be a sketchy cat. Took out a big ad in the surf magazines. This is when the magazines became monthly. So same year the mags are going monthly now. Pro surfing's on the rise. Lead follower, so get out of the way. Up this, he gets all the prize money. Yeah. gets all the sponsors. So and lead follower, get, get out of the way. Lead follower, get out of the way. So all right. So all of us are doing it. Bobby Owens, all these tour guys. Rory did it. David Nuevo on his little long, uh, egg board or whatever. Like anyone that was a has been, still is, could be, was in this event. But if you guys like Sean Thompson, like going, eh, this seems a little odd, right? It was at North Jetty. The surf was all time. It was before they. It kind of gave precedent for the stubbies being at North Jetty. Like how good the stubbies was when Gerlach yeah. won it at North Jetty. It was at North Jetty and it was pumping. Bertelman, all those guys. This is still the age of Larry Bertelman, right? 78, Bertelman's like the man. Yeah. Dan Kilo was just, we all knew Dane, but he wasn't quite that well known yet. It was all about Bertelman. So they have this contest. And listen to this format because you're a contest surfer. The guy, the, the, 
the day of the decade happens, like three days of an event, and no one's there. The contest director doesn't show up. The judges don't show up. It's like, what? We're, we're, like, no, none of the none of the officials, like, it was like, what's going on? So the competitors are going, like, this is really weird. Like, something fishy's going on. And the local newspaper's like, hey, what's going on? You know, like, so they set up scaffolding and then nobody uh, shows up? Yeah, no one was there. The scaffolding was there. The contest director didn't show up. And it's all time harbor, firing. So everyone just free surf, like we're all a bunch of like 70s guys. Everyone's just free surfing. We're hanging out. Yeah. The next day, the surf's not as good. He shows up. They run the event, but now he condenses the event. He ended up with six heats of six. Winner goes to the final. Forget 50% advancement. Wow. Six heats of six. Only Each one. Six person. Only six, the winner. Six one heats. Winner. Yeah. One winner. Goes to the final. That so, is so crazy. This is stuff that happened in the 70s. So anyways, Dang. I've got a heat with Bobby Owens. And I get, I get second. Bobby Owens beats me in the heat. But Bobby Owens stood up after the heat. Remember all the weird rules we had? Yeah. Like, so he got disqualified. He got disqualified. I'm in the final. Because Bobby Owens stood up after the heat. So then I go to the were, final. They were... They enforced the rules. Oh, listen. We had so many strange rules in pro surfing in the 70s yeah. that came and went. This was before the buoy. This was like... It was a free-for-all. It was, yeah. that's, I, that's what we call it, the Wild Wild West. Yeah. So Bobby Owens gets disqualified. I make the final. Crystal Rourke getting chemo treatments is in the final with his helmet on. Wow. So he's going through chemo yeah. and he makes the finals and he beat Barr and he walks in and he's like, I beat your buddy Barr. I beat his ass with him. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got his helmet on. He's got no hair. He's like, I'm not coming for you, Baran. Like, this is after that Big Rock day. I'm like, go get Crystal Rourke, man. Like, oh, he's going down. It's a bad thing for him, but it's a good thing for me. He's going yeah. down. I, I feel bad for him, but I'm winning this contest. And Larry Birdman was in that final. I won that final. Dang. O'Rourke got third. And then we all went to the bank the next day. My check bounced. O'Rourke's check bounced. And we became friends because our checks bounced. <laughs> and my mom became his advocate. My mom found out where the guy lived in Laguna Beach, showed up at the sheriff's, had him arrested, and thrown in jail. That's awesome. so awesome. Yeah. My, my, don't mess with the Irish Catholic mom yeah. from Cleveland. I did. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And they promoted it. And, and, it, and at that time, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And it was a, be, a blemish on pro surfing. Yeah. So my mom gets him. He gets thrown in jail. It took five years, but he made restitution. O'Rourke got his money first because, you know, he's going through chemo and like, hey, yeah. everyone, O'Rourke gets his money. But after that, he didn't. Because I was, if that's what he kind of hated me, right? Because now, now I'm beating Rabbit. And he's going through chemo. Mm. So his spotlights. Yeah, yeah. The year before, he's the star at Stubbies. He's the star of the magazines, and he's going to be a world champion. Now he's going through chemo. And Joey Baran, that punk from Carlsbad, who's a mirror image of him but two years younger, is beating the world champion on the tour. Mm. It's like his, like his worst case nightmare. And then I win that Bob Hart final. He gets third. But because my mom was empathetic to him. My mom lost both her siblings to cancer before they were 30. She had a real heart to minister and, and be there for Chris. So he's like, oh, I can't hate Joy Brand too much, but he's such a punk and I'd be bar. That guy's a punk. <laughs> These Ahoya guys. These are these are gnarly 70s Ahoya guys, yeah. right? And uh, so that's how that went. And then Randy Rick, because I beat Rabbit and I, I won the California Pro, I got invited to the Pipe Masters. Because you won that event. Because because I had beaten Rabbit, I was trying to do the IPS. I'd won the California Pro, so I get invited to the Pipe Masters. Seventeen. At seventeen, I'm not doing my senior year. Have you been to Hawaii yet? Yes. So I, I went to Hawaii in '76 for the U.S. Championships at Ala Moana. I, summertime. I, summertime. I didn't do well. Bar got second. Derek Cohen, Marvin Foster in that final. Wow. That's when I first met those guys. 
And then there would be rivals for the next 10 years. Yeah. And Barr, like, Barr was all like, yeah. Barr got runner up. He's like, I didn't make the finals. Barr, Barr had me on that one for a little yeah. bit there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the next year, I was how, like, yeah. How bad did that sting? Oh, it stung, man. I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's how much did it's he want it to left. It's a yeah, boy. He was, it's he, he, he was ripping. Actually, it looked like Barr won, too. I was so happy he got second. You know? <laughs> <laughs> how much uh, did he make you pay for that? Oh, oh, Bar, oh, Bar, because you, Bar, the one who had it over him. Bar would beat me, so we shouldn't misunderstand it. David Bar, Bar did beat me, but it was like a a, a one in five. Yeah. yeah. So it was almost more fun for him when he beat me. Yeah. Like anytime he beat me, he'd be like, because we'd be like at a party next weekend, or we'd be like, he'd be like, and Bar had this look. I called the Bar look. So like good. anyone knows David Bar. It's kind of it's like Tom Carroll had this thing you do with his eyebrows. You know, Tom Carroll <laughs> yeah. had a look too. He'd give you like this look, like, hey, Mike. Bar had a look, and he'd give me a look that I got you. And just be like, That's when you know you're good friends. Words yeah. don't even be spoken. No, you just yeah. look at him, give him that, like, that oh, look, but, and it yeah. kills you. It, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Bar, Bar, making, Bar being runner-up with the U.S. champs at Alamoana, just, it gutted me. Like You're stoked for him, but you're not going to yeah. express it. You're, well, and we, you're and, like, fall, 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 fall. Oh, and he was oh, like, oh, 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 I'm not he, supposed he, to clap. You're yeah. so close. He, he killed that final. He, he killed that final. Uh, Bar smoked Derrico and Marvin Foster in that final. So that was my first trip to Hawaii with Midget and the, and the District 5A crew that we yeah. hung out together. Then the next, that autumn I ran away to Hawaii. Okay, so this is a whole nother 70s story because my sophomore year of high school began and I had a kidney infection and I'd gone in the hospital, I had acute nephritis and I found out, I was in the hospital for two weeks and I got, yeah. out, I got out of the hospital. This is when school year started. I got out of the hospital and the school thought I was still in the hospital. Ah. Matter. Yeah, and my parents thought I was going to school. Ah. <laughs> right? So I didn't go to school for seven weeks. And, and without your parents knowing? No, I had the books. I faked it. I totally faked you it. You just surfed all day. I surfed all day. I would hitchhike the blacks. I'd surf State Park. I'd go to Swamis. What grade was this? Sophomore year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got some great high school stories. So, first day of PE, they show up and it's like they got these showers, like 80 showers with no stalls or anything. It's like, all right, man, you're going to take showers. And they're like, the hell I am. Yeah. I'm not taking a shower with 80 other of my classmates. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's torture. That was first day of PE. It's like, I never did PE in high school. I'm like, I am not getting naked with 75 of my classmates in that shower stall. Yeah. That is not happening. That's just not These are the same people smoking in the smoking area at brunch time. You know, like, I'm not. Yeah. This is the 70s. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Like, <laughs> no way. Like, yeah. Think like, about kid torture, tormenting. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, and basically everyone hit puberty before I did too. So that just added to it. You know, yeah. like, nah, it's not happening. So I just did my own thing. I just I just went surfing, right? So the sophomore year starts, I missed seven weeks of school, but the midterm reports are going to come out, or the mid-semester reports. I'm like, oh, it's all, all going to cave in here real soon. And uh, so I had college bonds. My dad had these college bonds, like the $50 college bonds. I cashed them at the bank. I stole them from my dad. I went down to the bank on Elm Street, which is now called Village Drive, and they cashed them. I had no ID. They cashed my college bonds. Then I get Tony Mata, who my mom never forgave for this. Tony Mata, who's a year older, he drives me to San Diego Airport, and I get on a plane at San Diego Airport with no ID, buy my ticket with cash, and I fly to Hawaii on PSA Airlines. <laughs> Did you bat? It's the seventies. It's the seventies. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. So literally, that's what I did, and my mom didn't even know because my mom's gonna get me. Mom's coming for me. And I'm gonna serve pipeline before mom comes for me. And I said to myself, 
I'm not going to go to college. Pipeline is my college. I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. I'm going to run away and surf Pipeline. Sophomore. Sophomore year. Yeah. yeah. So there's a start of the sophomore year. And what happened was when we were there in the summer for the U.S. Champs, Midget Smith had a friend on the North Shore from San Clemente, Nick Benesca. And we visited Nick Benesca. And Pipe actually broke a little, like a little three-foot wave that day. And I had met Nick. And so I just showed up at Nick's house. I get, I get off the plane at Honolulu Airport. Hitchhiked to North Shore? I got on the wrong bus. I got on the bus, not the one that goes straight to North Shore. I got on the circle bus. I got my my six, my like six one stinger, single fin stinger, in a in a box to we didn't have board bags back then. I get on the bus for twenty five cents because you used to be able to take the, the bus anywhere in Hawaii for twenty five cents. I go Kahuku Kailua route, coming to the North Shore, come see Sunset Beach coming from Kahuku side, like fifteen feet. I'd never seen waves like that before in my life. I was like, oh. Wow. Right? And you just have one board. I have one board and $25. And Nick Benesco doesn't know I'm showing up at his house. <laughs> so I, I, how, I, much, <laughs> how much was did you cash the bonds for? They're, they're, I got like 45 bucks for $50 bonds. They weren't quite fully matured, but I got the cash. Enough to get on a plane and go to Hawaii. So plane tickets were not that expensive. And it was like, I mean, I cashed like, probably had like $300 and then had I had, 20, I had $25 in my pocket. <laughs> And I show up at Nick Benesca's yeah, house. He didn't know. No, he, didn't, he didn't know I was coming. No one knows you're going. I just show up with my board like, hey, Nick, can I stay here? And like, this is the 70s, man. Yeah. They've got, I've never heard reggae music before. He's got Bob Marley playing. Like, Rastaman vibrations. I'm like, hey, give me my own room. He lives it off the wall. I'm looking at Pipeline. Bob Marty's on in on the LP. And you've never room. been to the North Shore. Uh, just yeah, that just one day. Just that one day with yeah. Midget back in the summer. Yeah. And uh, so the next day, the swall came down. I pile up Pipeline on my single fin. I see Mike Armstrong. Now, Mike Armstrong is a Laguna Beach surfer. He was in the Pipe Masters on TV. And he was in the magazines, Mike Armstrong. I'm like, oh, there's Mike Armstrong. He's a Pipe Master. And he's getting these barrels. Like, it wasn't huge pipe, but it was pipe. It was a legitimate pipe. Yeah. And uh, I got the best barrel of my life in that session. Unbelievable barrel. Spit out. Never spit. Like, like just, I'm in, I'm in Grom heaven. I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. Then the next wave, I got the worst wipe out of my life. Oh my god! I, I, I'll never forget the best barrel of my life, the worst wipe out of my life. Same session, first same, time, first. same session, and no kidding. There that night, I'm laying in bed, and Nick Benesco's got Bob Marley playing on Rastaman by Bridge, and I'm just thinking like, this is my life, man. This is what I want to do. I'm gonna win the five masters. I was like 16, but then I ran out of money, and my like when my dad's like, what do we do about Joe? Like, where did Joe go? She's like. Tony, what'd you do? You know, where's he? And I told Tony, you can't tell my mom where I'm at, but she, I'm sure she figured it out. And she said, well, he'll call when he runs out of money. And I ran out of money in a week. Yeah. And I called mom, like, you know, this is like landlines. You know, this is like, hey, mom, I'm in Hawaii. And, <laughs> and, and she goes, uh, I'll... I'll Why are you? Yeah, we'll get you a ticket home. But here's where the story gets pretty serious, too, because this is life. This is the human experience, right? Yeah. So I fly home. And this is when you could meet people at the term, at the gate. Yeah. Like, this is all before all of our TSA and all this stuff. I got off the plane, and I'll never forget this. My mom looked at me, and this is, this is exactly what she said. She looked at me, she said, your father and I are getting divorced. Wow. Heavy. Just right then and there. Remember finding Nemo when he says, happy feelings gone? Yeah. Yeah, happy feelings gone. My mom said, that's all she said, your father and I are getting divorced. Damn. And I was like, because they had some conflict, but I'd never even, it wasn't even on my radar. Like, my parents are going to get divorced. They've yeah, been married like 20 yeah, years. You're, yeah. I mean, teenagers are kind of you're a different. You're, you're, you're in your own little world. You're never at home, and 
you're oblivious to anything yeah. serious because yeah. you're just and, and focused my, on surfing. And my mom was the kind of person where she was going to stay married to my dad as long as he was in the Marine Corps. She was going to be the faithful officer's wife. But when he got out after 22 years, and uh, that was 76, she they divorced amicably. They never remarried. We always had family gatherings. They were friends to the end. It's kind of crazy. What a trip. But yeah, it's just... Well, you know, when you're 60, you realize why some people make it and some people don't. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it is. But my mom said, your dad and I are getting divorced. And like, there was nothing to say all the way back to Carlsbad Interstate 5. Like, there's nothing to say. I'm like, wow, my world's completely different. I haven't gone to school for like eight weeks now. I got the best pair of my life at Pipeline, the worst wipe of my life at Pipeline. I need to buy some Bob Marley LPs. <laughs> and, uh, and, how do uh, I get back fine. there? Yeah, and they figure out how to get back there. Like, you're pretty much like, this sucks, but... I, 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 this doesn't really going to affect the way my, my world, my world yeah. is going to be going. And so what happened is I, I've been begging my parents in the summer to be able to go to continuation high school. But at that time, continuation high school is like all the kids in juvie, yeah. you know, yeah. like that wasn't that was some bad kids. It was the bad kids. Right. And, uh, so I had to go to continuation high school. So like the next day, the next school day, we're at the office in the principal's office and the principal calls about high was the principal at Valley junior high, uh, Mr. Roush. And I'd gotten suspended three times at Valley Junior High, uh, twice for fighting and once for pulling my pants down. And <laughs> the guy that didn't want to hop in the shower with everybody. <laughs> I, I, it was directed toward a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my mom's like, you really pulled your pants down. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's too late to grab the hair in the front. You know? <laughs> so anyways, he was now the principal of the high school. And he's like, yeah, Joe Baran, the best thing for you is continuation high school yeah you're so, gonna get a second chance yeah, you don't get, yeah you'll, you'll figure it out down there so I went to continuation high school and that was perfect because we started school at 11 a.m. and to 2 p.m. and it was right by the beach it was right by the railroad tracks so I'd go surf in the morning when it was clean and I mean now now in this generation 2024 who even goes to school right you don't even know if someone's playing hooky or not like when me and Barb play hooky and hitchhike the blacks we'd be like oh there's a cop there's a cop we'd hide you know like it was the 70s it was big yeah like if you're out and about, like you know, you're you're not skipping supposed to be. School. Yeah, you're yeah. skipping school. Right? Yeah, and that's you would never know that now. You don't yeah, even know. No. It's like, is it a COVID thing? Is it this thing or that thing? Like back then, you knew. So that was perfect for me because I got to, and all my surfing friends at Carlsbad High were jealous of me because they knew I was surfing in the morning when they're at class or taking showers with seventy other guys. <laughs> so, so that the plan became the joy brand model of how to do school. So gradually, every single good servant from Carlsbad started going to La Palma uh, Continuation High School. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bar, they all followed. All, the next 10 years, all the top servers from Carlsbad. Because we didn't have homeschooling. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to That, that was your form of home. Oh, oh, yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like homies. And, and, and it'd be like a lot a lot of the homies, you know, like the the, 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 the Chicanos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had the, like, and we got along fine with them. Chicanos and servers always got along in the 70s. Like, we were good. They just didn't like the jocks. We weren't jocks. We didn't like the jocks. Our you know? turf's the beach, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then it was, and then criminals, like all the white kids that were criminals, you know, they, yeah. they, they all smoke when they're like 16. They go to, yeah, it's just it's the way it was. It was yeah. the 70s. So I would surf, show up at 11, do my independent schoolwork. Yeah, they had a ping pong table in there and TV would be on. Like just regular, like uh, Channel 11. Sitcom, whatever. KTTV. It was our I Love Lucy. Uh, Andy Griffin show like maybe RFD like the black and white TV shows that wrong they just figured you guys are such derelicts as long as you show up here we don't really care you're not doing anything you're not in trouble right you can do as much as you want to do so in the end I went from being a whole year behind in school to getting ahead in school 
And then I took the proficiency test in the spring of 78, before I went to South Africa, made the finals of the World Amateur and before I beat Rabbit. So when I came back from all that, I found out I graduated high school. No so way. That's how it went. So then, then I'm in Hawaii in 78 for yeah. the Pipe Masters. There is one other thing here though, because 76 was the year I ran away. 77, Midget was the licensee for Town & Country Surfboards in oh, California, wow. TNC. That, now we're talking Dane, Larry Bertelman. This was like yeah. a big deal. So that got me hooked up with all those naughty Hawaiian guys because um, you were you riding town and country or I would ride town and countries. So this is how I had because I won the pipe masters on a TNC on a Glen Minami 710 single fin that had been in my quiver for four years. Hmm. So midget, so now we're gonna set we gotta come back now. So I ran away 76, a whole year of continuation high school. And you were only over there for about a week? Yeah, when I ran away. Yeah, and you ran away. Okay, so now I haven't been to Hawaii since. Yeah. So now in 77, uh, I'm going to continuation high school, but I got invited to the Smirnoff Amateur. The Smirnoff used to be like almost like the Duke, the Smirnoff Pro-Am. Dude. At, at Sunset. Pipe. No, oh, it was Sunset. Sunset. But the Amateur was at Laniakea. So I, I was... Uh, it worked out where I stayed with Craig Sugihara, the owner of Town and Country. Hmm. Well, Dane's like 19 at the time, and he's like the man. And Dane's lived with Craig Sugihara at Town and Country, at the at his condo. So naturally, Dane has to take him to the North Shore every day to take care of Joey Baran. No way! But he's not like Bar Midget. Like Dane Kilo can only take so much yeah. of Joey Baran. He gave me another nickname, Howley Jinx. Okay, Howley Jinx. Howley Jinx because I always beat him. Oh my Always God. Always been. Twice in the pipe finals. Yeah. Howdy Jinx. Yeah. Howdy Jinx. Oh, Howdy Jinx. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Howdy Jinx. Howdy Jinx. So, anyways, so Dane can't beat me up because I'm staying with him and I'm spon I'm, I represent TNC's licensee in California. So, for three weeks in the winter of 77, I stay in Pearl City at Sugihara's house and go to the North Shore every day with Dane. These are some of my best stories. So, Dane, we drive to the North Shore. He's like, Oh, Joy, like when we get here, you get out of the car, okay? So we pull up at Haleiwa. He makes me get out of the car like a block before the beach. And then he pulls up with all of his boys, like this and that. And I'd be like, hey, Dane! Hey, Dane! And he's like, like, Howley I, dropped, I dropped you off. So yeah, you yeah. Didn't do that. Oh, this is this is what it was. I was like his little brother, like like my <laughs> brother's little brother. And then like, he, he he's like, I want to serve pipe. He'd want to serve Velsenland or Sunset. So he'd just pull over and like throw me out. And I'd be like an off-the-wall pipeline for six hours not with, when with a trunk back. rash, not knowing when he's coming back for me. <laughs> and he'd just come looking for me, like, well, you guys seen Joey? You yeah. know, like, like that's how it was. And there was a time we went to Velsenland. This is when Velsenland had the jungle and no, no howlies, no, no howlies served Velsenland. That was, that was protected. It, it, was, it, was the, it was the gnarliest time. This is 77. And Dane, Dane took me to Velsenland. And he what? told me, yeah, he took me to V-Land and he said, you wait five minutes before after I paddle out before you walk down the beach. He didn't want to be associated with me. So I walk out through the jungle there. There's like a jungle. Yeah. And, and I walk out and every there's not one white person. And it's, you know, it's it's really good VLAN. It's like like 20, 30 locals out, 10 or 15 on the beach. There's not one white person. I've got my long blonde hair. And, and I don't have Dane. I can't hide behind Dane. And you know, I just like Act like you belong. Yeah. You know, fake it till you make it. And I paddled out. And I paddled out. And and Dane was so mad at me because he was getting every good wave. Yeah. And you know, Dane was so great at those that. I'm like, Woo, Dane! Woo, Dane! He's like, he's like, stop! You know, like he's like getting so mad at me. 
And like, we're not friends. friends. Yeah, I don't know like, you. yeah, yeah. And, and like, and, and the locals are like, they didn't even know what to do with me. And so I was never afraid to surf VLAN after that. Did you get some? I got a couple. Yeah. And like, I mean, years later, I got chased out one time. But you know, it's it's, yeah. it's more shorts to who you. You, you survive the moment. You don't get beat up in the moment. You're okay because they won't beat you up the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we talk about it all the time. Too. Localism was it, so gnarly then. You, 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 this generation has no idea. If you were respectful and you ripped, you got accepted. Yeah. And that's probably what happened. You had to push. You had to push, but you had to know when to pull back. Yeah. And... and Respect, respect, respect. You, you know, like yeah. you know, show respect. Do your thing, and like you said, if you rip in, the kind of barrier kind of drops yeah. a little bit. The respect level, that barrier drops even more. And right. if you're, yeah, you just stay Dane, out of the way. They would let. Oh, Dane, Dane, Dane is like, oh, Joey, like, oh, Joey. <laughs> ah, ah. He, you were. He was a. He was he, forced into. He was stuck with me. Yeah. Like I'm like the like this girl he had to take to the prom. You know, like it's like. I remember getting kicked out of VLAN, and I, I think I was with, for sure, Love Hodel, who was blonde hair, blue eyed. Right. He's like... A local. Local. Yeah. Only guy. This only blonde eyes. Yeah. After what we're talking about. Yeah. And, yeah oh, but still, it was like... Yeah. So heavy. So so gnarly. And, and they're kind of like what Dane did. Like, you're not... I'm not yeah. out here with you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, get, I get like... You can surf out here. Yeah. Big Mo like pretty much dunks me and says like... You go in, and I'm just like, and I kind of like scurry off a little bit, and I'm like, maybe I could just, you know, surf still, that little way. Maybe I could still surf out here. And the guy was just like, he looked mad dogging, you know, and just points, and I paddle in. Who I was, was just like, I think it was Perry Dane's Dang. brother that oh, was Perry in pr- that, that came, like was in prison yeah. for a long time, and he came back to the North Shore and was like, just wreaking havoc. He's yeah. a white guy too. No, no, he's pretty. They're like half. They're uh, like dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were. But he was like dangerous people. Yeah, yeah. Like he was just came out of like prison for yeah. I don't know how long. Yeah, I surfed it maybe once or twice. But I, but I was like eighteen. You know, I was yeah. I was a grom. And I, eighteen. But you could fit in. You could you could fit yeah. in. They'd be like, oh, there's some guy from you yeah. know South uh, South Side. Uh, yeah, 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 town or whatever. Town, some town. Yeah. yeah. But Labrador, we were friends with James, James Labrador. Labrador. Yeah, and and he was like, yeah, yeah. This is Lyndon. He's cool. And I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. And almost like every session and every window of a session has its own culture. Yeah. Like there'd be times you're like, hey, it's time to go in or just go left at VLAN. The intensity would rise when some of the hooey guys would come out. Yeah. You know, like in the early 80s, the black shorts, they always, those second tier hooey guys always wore the black shorts. So you knew, don't even mess with them. Yeah. And you, some of those guys out of VLAN, you don't even, I just tell anyone that came with me from the mainland, you see those shorts on? Don't even look at that guy and you know, don't get near that guy. Whatever no. you do, don't drop in on that guy. Yeah. You know, and that's just how it was. It, it wasn't the the surf stars that were all affiliated with them. It was the guys that they they didn't have anything. They were probably drug dealers. They were just, you know, just bad people that and, were just regulating and they had angry. Yeah, and, angry. And they and they and they would regulate. I yeah. mean you Oh, I watched yeah. Yeah, you see, you see some pretty serious see fins getting popped out. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was and, and yeah. I just punched a fin out right away and like Oh, and um, so this is 77 with Dane, and uh, pipe didn't break too much that trip. I surfed the Smirnoff Amateur, so my first contest on the North Shore. I made a couple heats at Lonnie's. Yeah. It, was, it was chunky, you know, it was like 12-foot faces, whatever. Then I come back in 78 for the Pipe Masters after my check balancing yep. and beating Rabbit, and I'm one of 36 competitors in the Pipe Masters. 
So this now they 17. 17. Yeah. Um, so I had That's an offshore Marui pipeline. At master. this time, it, it was just, I don't even know who the sponsor was. It was just the Pipeline Masters. And it was on Wire World of Sports. The finals would be. But here's where you got to understand the context of the IPS tour. Those first few Pipe Masters were six people with a card table. Then I think the year before, when Rory won his second Pipe Masters title, they had more heats. Like you actually had to qualify. It wasn't an automatic final, like a made for TV final. You had to do it. But the year I was in, in 78, was the first time they expanded like 36 surfers, six heats of six, 50% advancement, almost like NSA Explorer. Yeah. So six heats, three heats, winner, 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 final, second, third, second, third, repo, top three to the final. That was mm. that was the format that they had for the night. Did they go off rankings and or, I, I, or just I, invitational? I, I don't even know. Like when you look at the Pipe Masters in the late 70s, early 80s, it, the rankings... They, they had some kind of a seating system, but it just, everyone's really good. Yeah. You know, like, everyone's really good. When I won the Pipe Masters, my first seat was John Dom, Marvin Foster, and Sean Thompson. Those are, like, super gnarly, gnarly, gnarly pipe guys. All yeah. of them. Every heat's like Derek O, you know, like, Derek Michael and Dane. You know, like, there's, there's just, every heat in the Pipe Masters can be a final, essentially. Yeah. And so, I got invited, and Billy Stang, this is where Billy Stang's a pretty important guy. Billy Stang's from Carlsbad. He's about three, four years older than me. He was legendary in Carlsbad because he moved to Kauai. Like, he's one of those guys that moved on from Tamarack. He's, yeah, not a competitor, just he, wants to go surf yeah, good. Surf, surf cannons, Hanalei, yeah. the legendary stories. This is when Hawaii was the end all for everything. He just he went to Porto and had all these magazine photos in the magazines with Woody Woodworth and Big Porto. So Billy was all over the mags, charging bombs in Porto. Billy Stang was a soul surfing rock star, okay? When I went to Hawaii in 78 for the Pipe Masters, it's going to be two months. So now it's not three weeks with Craig Sugihara. It's going to be two months, and I really don't have anywhere to stay. And that's the only contest? I'm only in the well, I'm in the Procast Trials at Sunset, okay. and I got smoked right away. And then I'm in the Pipe Masters. But I was staying in Kahuk, uh, on uh, Kailua on the other side, other side of the island with a good friend from Carlsbad, Tep Paul, who I went to high school with, who I rode the first body boogie board with because he lived next door to Tom Mori. He was good friends with the Mori family. He had moved to Hawaii, so I had somewhere to stay. So I stayed with Tep Paul in Kailua on this trip. But after two weeks, you're like, we can't handle Joy Brand. The parents are like, Joy Brand's got to go drop him off by the Sunset Store or whatever. <laughs> so they, I basically had to find another place to stay. Billy Stang had a couch for me at the V-Land Apartments, the old gnarly mm, V-Land yeah, Apartments. Concrete, wow. yeah, concrete box. Yeah, yeah. So I, I landed on a couch at Billy Stang's pad. And that's the, the winter of, nine, of 78. So Billy became my mentor at Pipeline. And the day before the Pipe Masters... It was big, like uh, 15, 20 Northwest. And I'm surfing Sunset, like on a 7.3. I'm riding Manami boards. I got a couple good Manami boards because Craig Sugihara hooked me up. Some good TNC boards. Everything's a single fin. Everyone's yeah. riding a single fins. MR might be on a twin fin, but everyone else is on a single fin. So I come in from Sunset. Billy Stang comes up on the bike. He's on a bike. He's like, hey, Joey, pipe's going off. You got to go surf pipe. in the pipe masters tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, Sunset's scary, but pipe's scarier, right? Yeah. Like, okay. So we go down to pipe. I paddle out pipe. It's huge. it's it's huge. It's gigantic. You know your Orange County Transit District buses are in the barrel kind of barrels, and Billy's thing's charging. I'm like, oh my goodness! Some of the heavier dudes, like Rabbit, those guys are out there charging. I'm going, oh my goodness! I'm in the Pipe Masters tomorrow. Gosh, you're getting realization. I, I'm like, I'm going, oh my gosh! You know, um, what? What? I don't even know what I'm going to do. But one thing I did a week before this, I had really long hair. I had really long blonde hair, and Billy told me you should cut your hair. You should just cut your hair. You know, you're too much of a holly. 
So I got a haircut. I had a shorter hair, almost like it is right now. I kind of like, like I had this kind of a cut. And I don't know what, but for whatever reason, it, it kind of, I don't know, sometimes a haircut fixes yeah. you, right? So I cut, I cut my hair, and I had a shorter haircut for the Pipe Masters. And I paddled out that big day. Didn't hardly catch anything, but I'd seen it. Next day, it drops a few feet like it always does. Perfect east winds, straight west swell, blue water, all-time pipe. All-time pipe. Wow. The, so you did surf the day before? I surfed the day before. I caught a couple shoulders, no barrels. I watched Billy Stang, kind of got my lineup like everyone else does when they're figuring out. So the next day is the Pipe Masters. And I don't know. I just, we got down there. I was so relieved it wasn't 20 feet. I, just, yeah. I was pretty happy it wasn't 20-foot faces. It was like 12 to 15. So so it's six-man yeah. heat. Not that big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's six-man heats. And I, I don't remember everyone in my first seat, but Michael Ho was in that first seat, and so was Jim Banks, the great goofy foot, you know, the yeah. bronze Aussie. So this is, this is every heat was like this. Every I think, heat I think, yeah. I think Buzzy Kurvox and MR were in that heat too, but I've got this heat. Six-man heat? Six-man heat, top three advance. By the way, those favor Joey Brand because I can find a way to get third in a six-man heat, but beating Kern man-on-man is a lot harder than finding third in a six-man heat. Yeah. That's, that I, Joey Brand basically did better in four-man, six-man heats than I did man-on-man. Yeah. So, in this heat, whatever happened is, I got busy, like classic WSA, NSA. I got busy, a little corner, a little chipper barrel right here. Oh, little, little first wave is that, little corner barrel, you know, and, and I got points on the board. I got points on the board, like kind of like four fives, you know, and it was top three waves. Did you have a game plan? I did, I did. I was like, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to do the best I can do. I've got to catch waves. I can do this. So I looked for clean ones. So I I literally a couple like, like eight foot face, those shifters, you know, not DP, but shifting. Oh, a little barrel. Like, Hey, you got to give them a four or five. It's a barrel, right? Yeah. So, uh, but Jim Banks was having a hard time. He couldn't get good waves. Jim Banks was like top 10 in the world that time. Yeah. And, I ended up beating Jim Banks in that heat. I got third. I, I squeaked through with a third. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> Billy's like, dude, you can take advance of the Pipe Masters. Any money in this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, still it's 1978. So my next heat is Roy Russell is in my next heat. He's the two-time defending champion. And I don't remember anyone else in that heat. But again, I remember I had Buzzy and MR in my heats that and day. And winner of that second round goes, goes straight, straight to, to the, the finals. finals, right? And it's, it's one in the afternoon, perfect sun, perfect east wind. No, it's like, it's it's west. It's reeling. It's all-time pipe. Wow. And I've got Is a, there a crowd on the beach? Oh, it's packed. Yeah. Oh, it's packed. Full 70 style. So I'm there with Billy and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to I'm gonna push the envelope a little more. So I'm paddling out. I paddle him in the lineup and the world famous surf photographer, the top photographer in the world, Dan Merkel. Mm-hmm. He's the lightning bolt guy. This is when the first house was lightning bolt house, not Volcom. This is yeah. a lightning bolt house. Yeah, Jerry and Rory, they're sitting up there watching all the lightning bolt guys, Jackie Dunn, all those guys. I'm a little bit to the right with Billy Sting in the sand with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my world. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly yeah, yeah. sandwich. Know your place. Yeah. Right? Hey, know your place. Yeah. So I'm piling out, and there's Roy Russell. And I'd already beaten Roy Russell at the Oceanside event. And he literally said to me, when you get to Hawaii, kid, you're going to get it. <laughs> he already said that to me. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, second, yeah. this is the 70s, right? Okay, yeah. so like you're 17 years old. I'm 17 years old. Right? I'm the youngest guy in the contest by far. I'm one of two Californians. Davy Smith from Santa Barbara was also invited. Nice. Okay, so it's me and Davy Smith. And uh, so I'm piling out, and Dan Merkel looks at me and goes, I can't believe you got through your heat. What a joke. Wow. Wow. And this is like where I rise to the occasion, these types yeah. of things. You're like, I'm going to show this. Uh, I'm going to fucking pack a huge barrel ever in front of them. I, I'm like, I'm, you know what? 
Like, I was hoping to say, like, hey, I'm going to get a photo of you. He's like, dude, I can't believe you made it out. Like, yeah. he canceled me. Yeah, you're you're like, wow. oh, dude, this yeah. guy, yeah, you're thinking exactly yeah. it's that. It's Dan Merkel, man. Yeah, he's going to get a shit. I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the semis of the Pipe Masters. You're going to get a picture of me. He's, he's like, like, you're take off. He's looking this yeah, way. Right, yeah, that's that's because he's a lightning bolt guy, right? Jack Shipley, it's a whole lightning bolt thing. <gasps> and, and Roy's in the heat with me. And Roy's in the heat with me. Yeah. And Roy just paddled past me. And so like, both of them are trying to work against Yeah, you. trying to work against me. I'm 17. I should be a senior at Carlsbad High. Yeah. I'm a Lancer. <laughs> Carlsbad Lancers, right? And I don't know. When, when Dan Merkel did that to me, I was like, I was like I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. I'm Joey Baran. This, this is what I live for. Yeah. I just like, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm prove everybody else wrong. So Rory catches away before the heat starts. He's got no leash. and loses his board. So immediately, I got an advantage. Plus, it's like MR, Buzzy, and whoever else is in the league. Gnarly stacks. This is gnarly. This is all IPS Hall of Famers. I just went, This is at the finals. This, right? is this, this is a three, there's three semis. The winner of each of these heats goes to the final, like an NSSA Explorer. Okay. And second and third go to Rapper Charge. I just go nuts. I go off. I go off. I had the 7-3 single fin that Minami made me. It could hold anything. I just went nuts. I got like a really good barrel, and then I just, the, the switch flipped. And I was catching bombs and getting shacked. I'm in the biggest blue barrels of my life, getting spit out, and the beach is going nuts. Wow. Like so nuts. How many times... These are the best ways of my life. How many times did you surf pipe to, until that day? Five? Six? <laughs> I'm getting spit out of the cannon. Yeah. Like, Let, let's really dive into that. <laughs> He's yeah. only surfed it five times. And never like this. And probably never gotten... Dude, it's always 100 dudes out, and yeah. it's scrappy, and there's a pecking order, and this. Now, yeah. you're, now you're down to like five yeah. other dudes. Yeah, you, always, you start out right as fourth string at Pipeline. You yeah. try to become third string, and on a crummy day, you might be second string because not as many guys are out. But, on a really good day, you you might be a, a world tour guy like Joey Brand, Tom Carroll, and you're still second string because Derek Dane, Michael Hanson, everybody else is out. And you're yeah. 17 years old. I'm 17. So your mind, like... You don't have the mental. Uh, I'm a scrapper. Strength, right? Like, yeah. I just, I just I like. I mean, you shouldn't. I'm just you're 17 years old. I'm you riding Whitewater mean? Tamarack five years before this, telling my mom I'm going to be the Pipe Masters champion. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, you have two guys that are lightning bolt guys that are trying Merkel, to Merkel and Rory get in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And I just went, I just went nuts, and I don't know why this happens in my life. It always happens where I, I believe I can, and if I don't, I still believe I was going to do it. And then I'm going to reload how I am going to do it. I, I just don't know why God made me this way, but I am this way. Like, I just see opportunity, and I see dreams, and I see glory. Like, I never was a pro surfer to be uh, to make the money. I never, was a pro, I never was interested in making a ton of money working for Quicksilver or, like, that kind of industry yeah. job. I'm going to be king of the pie. Yeah. yeah, Joey Brand's going to be the big man on campus. That's how it was. And so it's a big... Big dream. It was that's a, a big it, dream. That's an unattainable big Only dream. Only very few... Obtain that thing. Yeah. So, so this is. So I just. I don't know what happened. But yeah, I was phenomenal I was, heat. I was the heat of my life. I'm in these giant. A year before, I'm surfing the WSA West Coast Finals at Carlsbad State Park. Right. Yeah. So I'm in these giant blue caves getting spit out. But I could hear the beach screaming when I was in the barrel. Gosh. And then I was getting spit out. I couldn't even believe. And all of a sudden, it was over. And I smoked those guys. I smoked Roy in front of the entire surf world in perfect 8 to 12 foot pipeline. Did Mark Merkel go, hey, I got some good ones of you. <laughs> I, I never had a photo of the night from, Mark, from Merkel, Dan Merkel. But I came in and Billy, Billy's going to what? Billy Stang? What the hell? Oh, he's like, Joey, what happened? I was like, I don't know. And then, and, then and, and Roy came in. He was so mad. He got like seconds. So he's spewing. Yeah. So he's walking with the pipe 
to the lightning bolt house and he's spewing and, and Billy's like damn you why are you doing that my house is final just so psyched. I was so psyched. And Rory was so mad because he talked trash to my face yeah. at Oceanside two months before at North Jetty before my check balanced. Yeah. But once again, think of this. I got Underdogs. Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude. I got lucky with Bobby Owens standing up after the heat in Oceanside. Yeah. And then I won the contest. I got a break and I took advantage of it. And then Rory and then, taken away. Yeah, and then Rory the loses board and the heat before Jim Banks not getting it done. Yeah. As a, a lucky break. Yeah. Because Banks got fourth and I got third. He should have smoked me. He's a barrel rider. Yeah. And, you know... It was your day. It was my day, and so it was like a. Dr- and if they had the finals that day, I, I maybe could have won because I was just too dumb, to, like too young and dumb and stupid, even like you know, like I was just in the moment. So they they didn't run the whole event. That no, day. they ran the repo. So they got the six finalists. So the six finalists were going to be Jerry Lopez, Rory Russell, Hans Hiedemann, who had become Rookie of the Year that year, yeah. Dane Kiloa, and the hated Aussie that everyone hated, Larry Blair, who ended up winning. So I'm in the final. One of these is not like the other. It's yeah. me. The Calif- I wasn't the California kid yet. Yeah. So I'm one of these six finals. So we had. they gave us trunks. We wore trunks. This is the 70s. This? Not this one. It was a different one. It was a white trunks. It's yeah. it, it's it's a different trunks. And uh, so I never took those trunks off, man. I slept in those trunks. Yeah. I did it for two weeks. I'm on the couch. I'm on the couch. That's like a photo in the bag. I, like, I, when I, did they run the, the final? It took two weeks. For two weeks, I slept in those trunks. I'm like, I'm being really wrestling in these trunks. I'm really fine. Why didn't they... Uh... Okay, so here's what happened. It was a made-for-TV event. So oh. the, the ABC crew, Jim McKay, Mark Spitz, all those guys weren't coming to town for another 10 days. So Fred Hemmings, Randy Rarick, the contest is on hold. So it's it's a one 30-minute final. Oh, it's a one-hour final for national TV while we're the sports. Yeah. But here's the thing. So here's this 17-year-old Grom with sleeping in his pipe master's trunks. You talk about your social status going up in yeah. one day. I mean, after that, this is before all those... Your household name now. This is before Foodland was there, you know, by YMA. This is like you had to buy groceries in Hollyiva. You had the Camiland and Sunset Store. Man, everywhere I went, it's like, dude, there's there's Dilly Brand, man. Yeah. There's Dilly Brand. Dude, dude. Like, they all saw it. Like, yeah. Everyone this saw is- it. It's so crazy. I mean, North Shore is, you know, it's tiny. so tiny, yeah. but word travels so fast. That's like, this. it's like social media back then. It's like, dude, it's, everybody knew what, what, what went down. Everyone you know? went to that contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I wore those trunks every surf session <laughs> and I slept in those trunks. Yeah. I mean, this is North Shore in the 70s. I slept on that couch at Billy Stang's pad and I, you're going to have to pry those trunks off of me like that. Now... How, you said two weeks after? Yeah, so here's now here's how it works with kids. I had time to think about it. Mm. I didn't have time to think about it when it was happening. Yeah. But I had a whole two weeks to think about it. So on one hand, I was like, dude, it's Joey Brand, it's Joey Brand. Like, hey, dude, congrats on the pipe. You know, like, even like even like the gnarly guys, like, oh, nice to have a pipe because they saw it. Yeah. Dude, that's, They're like, you, yeah. Didn't, you earned it. Like, yeah. you were you, freaking you, charging and you were deep and you're going to blow so you're, it out. And yeah. you're surfing... Every day. Yep. And everyone going, I'm getting way more waves. My yeah. status for waves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pounding a pipe. Yeah. Now I'm, getting, now I'm like second string or third string of pipe instead of nobody. Yeah. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm on the roster, you know, like I'm, I'm getting yeah. some and my confidence was sky high at pipe after this. Right. Yeah. How crazy is the, that feeling, the, the, the reputation goes up and the, 
You're a VIP now. It was. It was like a, you. You. You've got the. You've got the. You got backstage catapulted pass. to the VIP section. You. You're hitting on it right now because like you can't even understand to go from a Holly with long hair the year before at Lonnie K and the Smirnoff Pro Am. You know that Dane's dropping off to not be associated with him before he pulls up at Holly Eva. Like to now, I beat Roy Russell in front of the entire surf world, the two-time defending champion, in perfect eight twelve yeah. pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, I, I beat him. Where, where, it wasn't lucky. I beat him. Yeah, like not only not only are you 17 years old, right? <laughs> but you're taking down the best of the best. And, and you know, and I always say this: like I was telling people for five years, I was going to be the Pipe Masters champion. Yeah, and there now everybody's uh, no, like, no, no. now everybody's <laughs> like, wow, well, you know, Joey's you know, not crazy. <laughs> well, well, Joey, Joey isn't. It's probably, probably the people are thinking it's probably still going to happen. Shit, but, maybe I shouldn't have said all those bad things to him that he's crazy yeah. about. Uh, at least he's 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 not locked up in the ward. You know, like <laughs> this is so. I have two weeks to think about it. And then Billy's like, we got to surf pipe every day, surf pipe every day. So yeah. Billy was like my mentor and he charged pipe. He's a really good pipeline surfer. And he's like, hey, you know, this palm tree, that thing. And and I began to figure it out pretty quick. Um, but I will say this. I also believe like in how I can't ever explain it, but some people like Tiger Woods can see the putt from 60 feet, how it's going to go. Yeah. And, you know, Patrick McHolmes can throw 60 yards across field. And knows like the timing, the, yeah. you know, like. There's just certain things you can't teach. Magic Johnson, when you said that no look pass, like the worthy, like you just, some things you feel. Yeah. And I felt those things as a pro surfer. I did make the top 10 in the rest of the world. Yeah. But I made three pipe finals in six years. At Pipeline, I felt like I had the cheat sheet. I just felt like I had the code. Whenever I was surfing a Pipeline, I just felt like I knew more. Like I just, I, I, I'd be surfing like against Terry Richardson, a great goofy foot. And he's a Tom Carroll even, because I always, I was 2-0 against Tom at Pipe. I beat him in the finals and I knocked him out in the repertoire to go to the finals in 80. Like, like guys that normally are better than me, I had, I would, it's like I own them at Pipe. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and it's you like, had an innate I had, home field advantage. You just called it. I had an innate, and I, and I still do, even when I was scared to death and almost drowned out there in my 40s, I still knew which waves I would want and yeah. which ones I didn't want. And I, like, I, even when I watch online, I'm like, nah, why, like, why did you take that wave, Italo? Yeah. Like, why? Italo, like that, there, that was never going to be the way. Like I still talk out loud to the big screen TV when I'm yeah. watching pipe events. I'm like, why? Like you're the world champion gold medalist. Why? Why are you? Joey's you know, like yelling at TV. It'll know. It'll know. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but during that two weeks, I had a chance to think about it, and then I kind of get a little bit nervous. You know, they're setting up the big scaffolding yeah. stuff, and the, they're going to have the helicopter. A lot of pressure, man. It, it, it is. Well, it is. Every day you're learning how important the next contest is going to be yeah because you you start at first you're like i can do this i'm gonna win i already did it and then all of a sudden you're like oh shit like cameras oh shit more people oh shit it's prizes yeah you know like all those things that start stacking up well i would say this before december of 1978 i seriously doubt jerry lopez knew who i was (laughs) (laughs) and now you're gonna surf against jerry lopez and you know, he didn't, bolt. he didn't show up at that final in mid-December looking at a 17-year-old kid from California not knowing who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, Big Rock? Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah, I'm the guy on the channel that O'Rourke was glaring at at Big Rock. So, so here's a classic story on the finals day. The finals day was scary. Northwest, north wind, chunky, shallow. The kind of day people get hurt. The kind of day when you got to paddle in and kind of take that drop by faith when it's really blowing sideways. You just got to know that you, 
You got to trust you. Yeah. You got to go. You got to know that you're in the right spot and you got to commit. And yeah. and once you get to the bottom, then you're good to go. But I wouldn't say it was blind drops, but close to it. That wind was it was it was it was dangerous pipe. But it wasn't as big as the day that I made the finals, and so I made a big mistake. Uh, Bertelman, I had a board. You know, of course, I still worship like Bertelman. These guys. For sure. I went down in length. I went from set. I went from that magic seven three, and I went down to like a six ten Bertelman board. But I had one of those like single fins that weren't that thick, you know, and it was it wasn't gonna didn't hold. Didn't bite it. as much. It didn't bite as much. It was kind of kind of doing this on my bottom turn. So I rode the wrong board. So think about that. Any pro surfer knows confidence comes from your board, your got equipment. It, yeah, for sure. You got to feel good about your equipment. And I, I didn't have the right equipment. But this is a classic story. We pull up on Canoey Road, right? So you're a pipe guy. So, you, you know, you, so, yeah, you, so yeah, you, you know, pull in right there by the access road. There's the lightning bolt house. Now the Volcom house. We pull in in park and it's me and Billy Sting and the final's on and we're coming. And I've got, you know, I've got the Bertelman board. I'm going to ride that board. Roy Russell is in the car. Yeah. It, he's parked right there in his car and we see him like you know so like you pull in and like we're in the car and it's me and Billy and there's Rory and I'm like, I'm like you know like I don't know what to do and, and he gets out of the car and like hey hey and I'm like oh, oh hey and he goes and I'm already nervous he looks at me and goes hey you're gonna die out there today oh my god exactly <laughs> <laughs> what he said is <laughs> I thought you say something encouraging he gets out of the car because like hey or like you know you know Hawaiian so like hey oh hey hey you know two guys in the final like oh yeah yeah you know oh and he goes gosh. you're gonna die out there <laughs> that is and, and I was like this I was like <laughs> is he in the final he's in the final yeah he made the final through the rubber charge he'd surf the heat after that to get in the final and he's coming for Joey Brand yeah and by the powers of me there's no way in God's green earth he's gonna lose to Joey Brand in that final you're gonna die out there that's today. the ultimate psych out right yeah yeah, yeah. Rory, Rory Russell how old is Rory he's in his mid-twenties he's, he's basically he's the king of pipe he's won the last few pipe masters yeah but he's, he's, a, he's a man and you're, a you're 17. I should be going to my social studies class and taking the shower with 70 guys. Like how? <laughs> like these guys are such fucking... No, this is the way this is the way it was, man. Yeah. You can't handle the heat in the kitchen and get out. You know, yeah. this is the way it was. These are the rules, man. This is the way yeah. it works, you know. And uh, so uh, I was like, oh, man. And and it was it wasn't inviting pipe. The watercolor changed. It was a more like a darker green, and it, 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 was, it was it was like sketchy. It was sketchy, you know. Like you look at the photos, it's sketchy. And um, so here's a classic moment. So we check in, okay? So like I'm looking at the ocean right now. I'm at pipeline. I'm looking at the ocean. It's it's toward the camera, and the axe the the, the little walkways right here. The Volcom House, which is now was then the Lightning Bolt House, is right here. So we're checking in over here because now they kind of check in over this way, but we were checking over here more toward off the wall and back door. That's where we were set up to check in. And they've got the judges tower, little, you know, like the judges tower, bunting flags and all this, Red Hemmings there, Randy Rarick. But they got these TV scaffoldings up with the big TV things and they got the helicopter going around. Like, I'm, I was in WSA a year ago. Yeah. They got the it's ABC. It's big leagues. Yeah. It's big leagues. ABC helicopter buzzing around. And, and I'm like, and I, I'm there's Hans, so I check in. Hans and I, Dane, Dane's there, like oh, howdy, Jinx. <laughs> I wasn't the howdy, Jinx yet, but you know, Dane's there, yeah. And we've checked in, so it's it's Larry Blair, Dane, Hans, and myself. We've checked in. Thirty minute final. It's a one hour final. One hour. One hour final. Six man. One hour final. Like think like the Eddie or something. Yeah. You know? Okay. So we're there, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in the pipe finals, but I'm like, you know, the ABC guys are filming waxing up on the TV. Yeah. And. Uh, all of a sudden, like you could feel the beach just almost like 
like when the Beatles are coming out or something. Like you just yeah. feel this. Yeah. Gladi- these are the gladiators' yeah. pipe going yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, here comes. You feel it. All of a sudden, you just feel this like this, like a disturbance in the force, like Star Wars. The whole beach changes, and you almost feel like the whole beach is going. <sighs> and here they come, Jerry and Rory together out the side gate from the lightning bolt house, oh right where the steps And they come out with their lightning bolts, and they're like this. <laughs> King and Prince of Pipeline. And I'm telling you, man, I think I um, I think I might have lost control of my, my my body, man. I just two years before I'm at the lap home with David Barr watching these guys, dreaming of being these guys. Yeah. And just like that, you're there. I'm in the and final at 17, and here come my heroes. That wall that Joey Brand wallpaper was yeah. supposed to, it yeah. was Jerry, 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 Rory, Rory, and some Chris O'Rourke. It was Jackie Dunn. It was all the pipe guys. And I'm just, I can't even, uh, so they, they, their walk to where we were, where they're going to check in, like the whole beach is staring at them, like the whole beach is swung. And here they come, the legends, 1978, this is it. This is the pipe masters, all of it, here it is. And I'm, and I was so in, just overwhelmed when I saw them. Yeah. Which you would expect. But I'm telling you. This is probably where I won the Pipe Masters seven years later. I'm going to smoke these guys. <laughs> I didn't say that. But I did say this. I, those guys, it's like each step they got closer, the more they seem beatable to me. Each, this guy. Each step they got closer, I'm like, you're just a human. You bleed like the rest of us. And it's so weird. Like, like I don't even know why I think like this. But at first I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, they're just men. Yeah. And, and, and those, but I had to get past the lightning bolt. It's like the Brazilian storm. They're Brazilians. You got to get past that. It's Kelly's handshake. You got to get past that. You know. Gosh. Yeah. Well, you've already felt. I've already had success. You've already had success. You felt like everybody's beatable at this point. Yeah. But but it's still like, can I do it again? Yeah. But but, doubt. Can I do it again? But but, you know, Rory's wasn't as intimidating as Jerry because Jerry really was my number one surf idol. So now it's it's the only time in my career I ever surfed against Jerry Lopez was this final. Yeah. And. uh, and, 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 sorry to yeah, interrupt, but like when you said that they're coming closer and closer to you, and the closer they got, the more... The less know, intimidated I was. The less intimidated, yeah. and you're like, wait, you know, like, I, I'm looking at this all wrong. You it, know, it, was like, a, it was a paradigm shift in my mind. It went from like, uh, how can I do this to like, how can I not do this? Yeah. And I just told like I'm like running toward Goliath, yeah. not from Goliath. Yeah, and that's how I've always been. I went, and I was just like, "It's on, it's on, man!" I'm in the finals with Jerry Lopez and Roy Russell on Apple TV. It's on. Uh, this, this, I'm going for it, dude. It's, it's like this is your guy. This is it. I may never be here again. Yeah, like, we have today. You know, it's like uh, remember Carl Merriweather and Rocky Balboa, uh, Rocky Three. There is no tomorrow. Yes, yeah, like, this is it. You yeah. know, this this is it. That's and, so and, amazing. And and so in that final. The board was a major issue because I couldn't sink my bottom turn. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was, it was. I had to baby it. I had to baby it. So I didn't have the confidence of the right equipment. You know, lifetime lesson: never be undergun again in a North Shore final or a North Shore heat. You just, yeah. when in doubt, step up. Always, we know that on the North Shore. When in doubt, take the bigger board out. I didn't know that. I'm 17, and um, so you know, it's all the game's moving super fast, right? It's like this, 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 and you know, there's Rory, there's Jerry, there's Larry Blair and Dane. How long is the final? One hour. hour, an hour. It's an hour. And it's judged top three ways. Top four. I think it might have been top, I think it was top, it was top four. It was top four. It was top four ways. 
tougher waves one hour. And, you know, so I'm catching a little corner chipper and this little thing, you know, and a little here and there. But like, I was, I was intimidated by the conditions and my being, the board didn't, the board was a problem. Like we all know if you're in big waves and you can't sink your bottom turn, you're, you're, you're affected by that. But I was still charging it. So I was almost like, like, I was almost like Mark Liddell, Alan Moana on a slippery board, you know, just like, just whatever. And I got a couple good barrels when it showed on TV a couple months later, I had a couple good barrels. And, um, but this is what I, I said recently in the, in that final, I put it on Instagram. I said, I, I, I growled at Rory. I could, I wouldn't hoot for Rory. I said, ah, Rory. Like when I'm seeing him taking off on a barrel. Yeah. But I hooted for Jerry Lopez. Awesome. Well, I'm like, I mean, I'm 17. Yeah. This is my hero. And I literally, when Jerry Lopez, I was piling out. Jerry, I was like, whoo! Like, like who does that in yeah. the heat? Like yeah, somebody yeah. you're competing against. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm Joy Baran. They're going to call me the California kid after this day. And my life will never be the same. Yeah. And that's Jerry Lopez. And I may never be here again. I never was. I was never in a final with Jerry Lopez again. And it was that moment. And I understood the magnitude of the moment. I'm so glad when I look back that I hooted for Jerry Lopez in that final. <laughs> that was my hero when I was hooting. Roaring not so much, you know. And then I was so happy I didn't get last. Dane got last. Like, I couldn't believe I beat Dane. I was like, yeah, I beat yeah. Dane. You know, like, it could have been worse, you know. I could have not gotten barrel and I could have got dead last. Yeah. It's almost like by getting fifth, it validated being in the final. Like, hey, I beat Dane Kilo. People are like, dude. So You're got, 17 years old. I'm 17 years old, right? And you're competing against men of pipeline. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and here's the thing now. In that final, before that final, Jerry and Rory were already Pipe Masters champions. Larry Blair became a Pipe Masters champion. He, he won the Pipe Masters again the next year. He went back to back. Wow. So he's a two-time pipe champion. I was in that final. I won the pipe. Dane was in that final. He would win pipe. So in that final, there was actually five Pipe Masters champions. Yeah. Hans was the only one that never won the pipe. But to his credit, he was in a couple other pipe finals. You yeah. know. Yeah. So that was just that was the past. That was the original past, but even before the IPS. Yeah. Rory and Jerry. But it was also the present. You know, Dane, Larry, and myself were the IPS. And then Dane and I would go on to be ASP. Larry Blair was never ASP. Yeah. So when the ASP came around in 83, 84, Dane and I were ASP. And we both won the Pipe Masters in the era of the ASP, not the IPS. And Jerry just did pipe. He didn't really Yeah. He, he didn't did, really compete. No, around. he didn't really compete. He did serve the Pipe Masters. He was in the Pipe Masters the year I won. He lost first round. He wasn't in one of my heats. So did you get California Kid from that? Yeah, here's what happened. So when they when they when it was on national TV, Jim McKay said, There goes Little Joy Brand, the California Kid. <laughs> so they called me the California Kid on National TV. Then Surfer Magazine's like, We've got to do an interview on Joy Brand. Yeah. They called me. So I had the four page spread next month. Joey Brown, the California kid, had the picture of me standing in the barrel, the heat I beat Rory. Joey Brown, the California kid, and then Breakout did Sandcrab. <laughs> that, that same, that same, same time, yeah, within like yeah. a month of that, you know. That's so, uh, so it was that's who I was, that's who I am. But like, even in my book, they'll come out, you know, by the end of the year, I, I say when I got on that plane to Honolulu Airport and flew home from Hawaii that trip. When I got home in San Diego, because I used to fly like PSA straight to uh, Hawaii, when I got off that plane, two years before I was a runaway kid, my mom told me that my parents were getting divorced and headed yeah. for continuation high school. Two years later, I'm getting off that plane 
and my world would be forever changed. I was a California kid, and I was going to be in all the magazines. And I pro surfing had come. California was on the rise, and I was the king. Did you ever go back to that English teacher or what teacher? <laughs> I, I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's uh, what do you mean? Pro surfing is not yeah, a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm was living it. I was a California kid, and even when I went on tour the next couple of years, everywhere Japan, South Africa. Yeah, I, I didn't surf nearly as good as a lot of those top guys like Dane and Shane and Sean and those guys. But man, I was Joey Brand. Like I was a personality. Yeah. I, I look like the California kid. I was, That's you know, awesome. I was vivacious. I was out loud. I was, a, I was a good interview. I was good with people. I was a California kid. Yeah. You know, and, and so did that boost your revenue? Like, what? Well, so you it, come back from you get the, real sponsors? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> so part of that midget was my main sponsor. Hang 10 had a wetsuit licensee and they sponsored me. Interestingly enough, Tom Godoskis, the dad of the Godoskis brothers, yeah. was the rep for Hang 10 wetsuits and he saw my potential. He's a San Clemente guy. I was in San Clemente with the District 5A. So I rode for Hang 10 wetsuits and Midget Smith at yeah, that Hang time. Hang 10 made wetsuits? Yeah, this is, this is the 70s, right? Yeah. But I wasn't under contract. They just gave me wetsuits, put yeah. a sticker on your board. And they did a couple of ads with me. Well, after I made the pipe finals, yeah. Pat O'Neill, I was like, Hey, we need the California kid. We need kid. the California kid. Right? Yeah. So Pat paid me $100 a month. <laughs> Came in the mail, $100 a month. Wow. And let me tell you, January 1979, to get a check in the mail, I mean, for the guy, sort, I was sorting tomatoes three years before, right? Yeah. He had a $100 check from O'Neill Wetsuits for being a pro surfer. Man, I was living the dream. And with O'Neill, a final thought on all this timeline is... They were way ahead of everybody. Yeah, O'Neill was like light years ahead of anyone else in the wetsuit industry, including Body Glove. They just were so far ahead of everybody. Pat was innovative. They had the best wetsuits. They had the right marketing, the branding, the promotion. They had Sean Thompson, Reno Abalera, who was still a legend, Dan Kiloa, and then they signed me and Pat Mulhern. Pat Mulhern was the Florida kid that had made the finals at Sunset Beach that same winter, who had beat me at the U.S. Champs. Wow. Uh, in 77, I got second to Mulhern. So both Pat and I signed with O'Neill. Then Pat went after David Barr and he signed David Barr, even though it wasn't even on tour. So in 79, David Barr, myself, and Pat O'Neill were the three young guys that O'Neill, David Barr, Pat Mulhern, and myself were the three that O'Neill signed. Yeah. And uh, we were pro surfers. We were the next wave. Yeah. That's <laughs> so who crazy. else? Who else? You were still riding Midget Smith boards. Yes. And then any other sponsors like it was O'Neill and Midget Smith, and then that was that. Now it's 1979, and I'm I'm on the IPS. Benavides, this is kind of the anticlimactic year for me. I didn't I had made some finals and some pro ams and stuff. I didn't do really anything of significance in 1979. I mean, I was top 30 in the world, Benavides. So when I finished the Pipe Masters that final. I was the first Californian in the three years of the IPS tour to make the top 30 in the world. I finished 27th. And at the year-end awards banquet, they recognized me as the most inspirational surfer in the world for making the pipe finals. In the IPS. In the IPS tour. Okay. So I went home. I'm the California kid. The next year, I kind of had that sophomore slump. Made some finals. Got like an equal fifth in Japan. You know, had, had some results, but didn't have anywhere near the same type of year. Um, and then... That year, Benavides hit the pro tour, and Benavides finished ahead of me on the world tour. Benavides made a couple quarters. He finished 23rd in the world, 
And that was the only year of my career where I wasn't the number one Californian on the Pro Tour. Mm. My old WSA rival, Benavides, got me that year. So I was a top Californian in 78, ranked 27th. I was the second best Californian in 79, ranked 28th. I went back one spot. Benavides was like 21st, I think. And then it was the next year in 80 where I just completely took off and won Brazil, made the pipe finals again, top 16, and the rest was like the Hall of Fame career. But 79, 78 was the coming out party, mm-hmm. beat the world champion, win the contest to check balance, make the pipe finals with Jerry. 79, just one of those, just a subpar year. And dealing with sophomore the, slump. Sophomore, it was a sophomore slump and dealing with the pressures of being Joey Baran. Yeah. And like everything was just so different, right? Like in the spotlight, everywhere I went, everything I did. But then 80, you know, I fixed it. It clicked. It clicked and I had a fantastic year in 80. And did you accumulate more sponsors? Because traveling the world, how'd you pay for it? Yeah, so what happened was in in, uh, in 80, my mom was still a big supporter and did a lot for me, like got some funds for me. It, 80 was a completely different year because in 80, I made the finals of the Caton right off the bat in January. And that's when the Caton contest was a really big event. All yeah. the all the top surfers in, in the Huntington. world. In Huntington. In Huntington on the north side. All the top surfers in the world did the Caton. Everyone. Robert, Sean Thompson, Mark Richards, Tom Carroll. Like the Caton was the event at that time in California. 1980. 1980. And that year I was surfing for Tim O'Neill. And I made the finals. And that was a big deal. So Michael Ho won. Uh, Hans got second, I got third, and Mark Richards got fourth. So that was a huge final for me yeah. after the sophomore slump in 79. And then I went out on tour, and this is where 80 gets pretty crazy. Because in 80, I went to South Africa. South Africa was an expensive trip, right? Like at the time, it was like three grand to go to South Africa. And I passed on going to Australia. Australia's in the spring, right? It's still the same way. Australia's March and April, South Africa's June, July. But Australia was really tough because back then we had the trials. And I mentioned this. So if you go to South Africa, there might be 50 surfers in the trials and you just got to be one of the top 16. So you just got to make a couple heats and outsmart some guys, surf good, and you'll make the main event. Australia was, they ruled the world. Yeah. So the, the trials for the stubbies, the trials for the surf about or bells, the trials would be a couple hundred surfers Jeez. for 16 spots. And it'd be Australians. It'd be like going to Brazil during the Brazilian storm. Like, they all ripped. Didn't matter who you got. Every Australian was way above average to, like, mainland American surfers. Yeah. So I figured out, I'll just wait to go to Australia until I'm seated, and I only surf against one guy at a time. Yeah. Because the trials, it's not cost-effective to have to go through six heats in Australia against super gnarly surfers. It's better to go to South Africa, surf against uh, average pro surfers and make three heats and then make the main event because I'm still in the trials I'm not a top 16 seed yet two years on tour 27th in 1978 28 in 1979 Benavides finished ahead of me I'm motivated I don't like to see Benavides in front of me for anything All right. so I go to (laughs) South Africa I don't do that well I never did that well in South Africa my backside was not a strength it was below average for a world tour level and at that time it was it eventually became average for world tour level but at that time below average so I go to South Africa. I don't do well. My mom, I'm on the phone with my mom, like a pay phone call. And she says, hey, Joe, we're completely out of money. So the next stop is Brazil. You go yeah. to South Africa and hit Brazil. She said, you have to make some hits. Win. You have to win Brazil or your career is done. My mom 
seems like she kind of knows, like she would know how to do things. Yeah. She goes, you, 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 you have to go to Brazil and win. So the way, the way it worked is that a lot of the Australians, they came from Australia and they went to South Africa for two events. But a lot of them went back home to Australia after South Africa because it's way more money to go across the Atlantic and go surf one event in Brazil. And Brazil was pretty dangerous back then. It yeah. still is. Like, it's still kind of like pretty sketchy. Yeah. sketchy, right? Like, at that time, it was really sketchy. So a large volume of the upper tier Australians didn't go to Brazil. It was mainly Brazilians who weren't that strong yet. And then quite a few Hawaiians, because that's the way home to Hawaii. So like Hans and Dane and Michael yeah. and those guys would all be there. And then um, Shane Haran was the main Australian that was there. And he was number two in the world at the time. So we got to Brazil and I knew like I have to win. I have to make like semis. I'd never done better than an equal fifth man on man on the tour. And what happened was I... I beat Brazilian after Brazilian after Brazilian. Daniel Friedman, Federico Dore, Roberto Valerio, Shane Horan in the semis, and then Ishmael Miranda in the finals. Dang. That was that's I went through four I went through three Brazilians to get to Shane. Shane was the heavy favorite. He was the defending champion. Super close heat. He tried to get me to confess four year four years later at Narita Airport that he actually really won it. Of course. Because it's Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And I was like, no, it's pretty close. <laughs> What was, the, what was the prize money at that event to help? Five grand. Five grand. Cash. Oh. It was Brazil. So yeah. sketchy. Yeah. So no, I... No bounce in cash. It was cash. It, it was cash. U.S.? Hundreds. Fifty hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you have to declare that coming in the States. Whoa. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Got this giant trophy and I'm coming from Brazil. You know, yeah. like that's when drug trafficking, you know, I was like... Yeah. And I'm a pro surfer. It was sketchy, but I got through with my money and... My career was extended because my mom had told me, like, there's no more sponsors. My friends at Century 21 are done. You know, yeah. if you don't win. So when I won Brazil, it catapulted me from, like, I was, like, maybe 25th. Did, all, did you put a 13th. Century 21 sticker on your board? No. No. <laughs> no. But it was for all of her friends at Century 21. So I catapulted the 13th, and now I'm in the top 16. Now I just got to hold on to it. I went to Japan and made a quarterfinal. I beat... Larry Blair, man on man. I beat Bobby Owens, and then I lost to Michael Ho. And yeah, I learned a valuable lesson in that heat. Losing to Michael, losing before priorities, man. It's yeah. just like, yeah, Michael Ho got in my head in that heat. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, yeah. So we wouldn't go there, but I, I learned a valuable lesson with that one. But I got fifth, and then I went to Hawaii, and I made the finals of the Pipe Masters again, two years later. In '79, it was backdoor, small yeah. backdoor. So I lost first heat. In '80. It was gigantic, 20 foot in the prelims, like a left point break. Wow. And it turned slight on shore. It was so scary. But it was a channel, and it's yeah. like a left point break. It was like Newport I, Point. Yeah, it was like Newport Point, super west. Crazy. Just like peeling, gigantic, massive barrels. With Kona wind? With Weird an onshore, or, co with a yeah. Kona, light Kona, about yeah. 12, 50 mile hour Kona. Huh. Guys were pulling these giant onshore barrels. Yeah. It was so scary. But I made the finals. Excuse me, I made the repercharge. charge. So I made the repercharge. charge. And then the repper charge and the final, they waited like a week and a half, but I've been through that song and dance before, so I know what to expect. Then they held it in pretty moderate sized pipeline. Back door was better than front door. But in to get to the final, I had to beat I had to beat Marvin Foster, Larry Blair, and Tommy Carroll. Dang. And I beat them all. Stacked. Yeah. And so Dane won that heat. And third was uh Dougal Walker, the Australian Goofy Foot. 
who actually got third in the final. So I made that final, and I could have won that final. Yeah, I, I was riding a Brian Buckley 7-3. The Laguna Beach guy made the underground guys never liked me, so I figured I'll get them to make me a board, and they might like me. And so Brian Buckley made me a 7-3. He was, made a lot of good pipeline he, he's, yeah. he, Brian Buckley. Like yeah. Brian Buckley was as good as... He, Brian Buckley was incredible at pipeline. He was fan, he's the guy that sits out the back and catches that one wave in an hour like yeah. like uh, McNamara used to do. And Brian Buckley was phenomenal at pipeline. Yeah. And so he made me this 7-3 and it was a magic board. So I made the finals on that board and that's the year MR won. That final had MR, Simon Anderson, Dang. Dane, Dougal Walker, and I forget who else. Uh, oh, uh, an island guy, a big wave guy, uh, Downey, Keona Downey, mm. who charged the massive day but yeah. was overgunned for the smaller day. In that final, I had the wave that could have won the final. There's no priority. There's nothing like that. It's still free-for-all Wild West. Best left of the final came through. And I, Simon called me off of it. Oh. Oh. And then Was he in position? He was too deep. Kind of like where Bruce Irons would take yeah. off 20 years later. He called me off of it. Yeah. Didn't and, go. And then right when I had decommitted, he gave MR a hoot, who was just to my left. MR caught it and then won the final. No! I was I was that close to winning the Pipe Masters at 19. Woo! That wave would have won the final for me. I got fourth. So, but that wave would have won the final. That so, so you think that he did that to, to give... He gave it to MR. He called me off and then he gave it to MR. Son and then MR won that pipe master. Son of a gun. Yeah, and that was the left of the final. And I needed I needed to win on lefts, not rights. And that was the left. At least I would have been top three if not winning. Yeah. I got fourth. And that's when MR got his title. The next year was the big 81. Uh, the next year was 81 when Simon won on the thruster. So Simon won the next year. Then Michael Ho, 82 on the, with the cast. Yeah. Then the boycott year, 83. Dane won it backdoor. I couldn't surf it. That's a whole nother podcast oh, to go on that right. one. That that's a whole nother story. Hard It was crazy how that went down. But that's Dane so won, nice. and then I came back in '84 on the after effect of all that politics. So when I won, it wasn't rated on the world tour, but it had Tom Carroll, Mark Acalupo, Robert Bartholomew, and Max Medeiros and Aki in the final. So crazy yeah. with you, with me, and that's in, in twenty won. foot pipe six. One hour, top four waves, no Is it priority. A world of sports thing again? No. When the when the politics happened in eighty in eighty two, eighty three when Ian had the ASP and Hemmings and those guys they couldn't agree. They couldn't come to a middle ground yeah. to have the Hawaii events have the top sixteen. There was a lot of bitterness and fallout from the changeover of tours. The IPS went out of business. ASP replaced them. Ian had the money more than the Hawaiian guys did, but. Hemmings and Rarick still controlled the Hawaii events and the TV contracts. So they did the events on TV, but they didn't have the top 16. So the next year, you didn't have the TV deals because the TV, CBS and ABC felt burnt by what happened the year before, not having the top 16. And now the, the compromise was the events, the top 16 were allowed to surf in the events, but they weren't rated. Interesting. And there's yeah. no TV in 84. Damn. Yeah. The year you won. Yeah. But it was filmed, and the VHS video, that's when VHS came in, 
And that video got way more coverage than any national TV would have got. There's no, hardly anyone that I run into that didn't watch the 1984 Pipe Masters VHS video. Because when before there was Blazing Boards and all the other videos, yeah. the 84 Pipe Masters was the number one video for years that people watched in the original VHS players. So everyone in the world watched me win the Pipe Masters over and over and over and over. It was better so, than ABC. So we got to talk about... We're going we're gonna to have to yeah. cut the soft cut. cut this can, we just, can we... We're going to have to do episode oh, two. Oh, come back. Okay. Yeah, this is epic. This is just like pretty much you covered up to 80 is yeah. what you got. Okay. But let's end it with the description of this final. Okay. I'll do okay. it. Yeah. Okay. So. I got I to gotta run you him. You, you got to go? Yeah. Okay. I got to run him. Well, we're going we're gonna to finish this one. That's fine. Okay. You okay. good with that, Jay? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. All right. So. Offshore Pipeline Masters. Yeah. 84. Right? Compet- competitor Trunks. Yes. I can't believe that Joey fit in these things. Yeah, they're twenty eights. <laughs> my 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 competition weight was like one fifty nine to one sixty one. Dude, you played one fifty nine to one sixty one and fit in these trunks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they've been around a while, bro. bro the, that's like a size a kid's twenty six. Yeah, uh, those are the trunks yes. I wore. Okay, walk us through like you kind of did on that first. Pipeline final. Okay, so 84 was completely different than 78, or even the well, every year of the Pipeline Masters is its own story. We all know that. It's like its own book, its own chronicle. But in this, in 84, there are some interesting things about 84. For me personally, I already announced my retirement. So I'd served the Stubbies at North Jetty as a world tour event. I lost to Aki in the round of 16. I'd announced that I was starting a new American tour, the Professional Surfing Association of America, okay. the PSAA. The PSAA is was the name of that tour for, I believe, three years, uh, 85, 86, 87. Then it became the Bud Tour. and Well, actually, it became the Foster's Tour. So it went from PSAA to Foster's, as in Australian Foster's Beer, then it became the Bud Tour, and for 10 years, it launched Momentum Generation. Yeah, yeah. But it started as a PSAA. I'd run some nickel and dime pro-am events as a promoter, and I had a vision that in transitioning out of pro surfing, because now Aki, the, the Curran, Damien Hardman, the new, Derrico, that they, new school, they had come, yeah. and, and my, my day was done, and I could see the handwriting on the wall, so I'm going to be an event promoter. So after I lost in the stubbies, I had already had plans to start a new U.S. tour that I felt could be equal or better than the ASP World Tour. So everyone knew I was retiring, and I hadn't won the Pipe Masters. I hadn't won my dream. I hadn't done what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And so, when you were talking that first one, I thought you won the first one. No, 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 no. no I, 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 made, I beat. But I gladly talked yeah, it up. No, it's a, it's a long journey because I was so close. Monumental. Yeah, it's. At 17. It's a process. It's yeah. a journey. And for the record, John John is the only other 17-year-old finalist in the history of the Pipe Masters. Okay. Aki was 18. And so I don't know if John John or myself is the youngest Pipe Masters finalist. But either way, in 50 years of Pipe Masters, you know, I feel pretty good about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, so the matches, I'll tell people, my five favorite experiences as a pro surfer, winning the pipe and being in the finals at 17 with Jerry Lopez. Yeah. So that's why that is such a... You know, not many people can say yeah. they won the Pipe Masters with Aki, Carroll, and Derek Ho yeah. and say they also were in a final at 17 with Jerry Lopez, Roy Russell, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Dane. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so in 84, I was getting ready to start a whole new business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm getting sponsors. I'm securing beach permits. This is November of 84. And 
the tour at this time was like a basketball season. It started in the summer and ended in the spring. So it was not one calendar a year. It was like 84, 85, 85, 86. Yeah. The tour at this time, the new ASP World Tour was finishing at Bells Beach. This happened for about three years before it switched back to Hawaii. So it was a very unusual time in pro surfing. Everything was just so fluid in the first 10 years of pro surfing. The priority buoy, all these things, just, everything was new. It was always just, it went from a million dollar industry to a billion dollar industry in a couple of years. And it just, it just all was happening so fast. So for me, I'm on my way out. I'm a kindness promoter, but I'm still top 16 in the world. And Pipe Masters is going to be my final event, like my signature event. But unlike previous Pipe Masters, it's not part of the World Tour rankings because of the political fallout that was left over from 82 and 83 between the Hawaii promoters and the ASP. Yeah. Basically between Ian Cairns and Fred Hemmings. IPS to ASP. ASP yeah. yeah. And, and so... Um, it's it's copacetic now, but it's not ra rated. But it didn't matter to me because I was leaving the tour. Yeah, it, it's not about being still a huge. It, event. It's the pipe masters. Yeah. It's always been the pipe masters. It'll always be the pipe masters. Yeah. Like it just it doesn't matter if it's rated or not. It, pipe masters isn't about your world tour rating. It, it's about being king of the pipe, especially <laughs> in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So I'm training at home. I'm surfing blacks and you know trying to find bigger waves and staying in the water. But normally you so go to... Can I... Yeah. Is, can you correlate blacks to pipeline? Yes. Very similar? It's, blacks is spookiness only because there's no channel, the canyon sets. But anyone that surfs blacks when it's 15 feet knows it can give you a life-changing yeah. beatdown. Yeah. Yeah. Blacks is the best place to train for pipeline. Yeah. Hands that down. and like Porto or... Yeah. I mean, in California. Yeah. If there, in the wintertime, there's a Northwest Swell and you want to get ready to surf pipeline, you got to go to blacks. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to PV to surf, you know, Palos Verdes or, you know, Central... Like, you, you, Rincon doesn't get you ready for pipeline. Yeah. Blacks get you ready for pipeline. Yeah. You're riding a bigger board. It's moving around. It's yeah. spooky. So, I would always train in Blacks. So, Blacks, and then usually you'd go to Hawaii like November 1st and stay there through like December 20th, come home before Christmas. But because I was getting ready to start a tour, I went to Hawaii much later. I didn't go to Hawaii till like December, maybe 5th or 6th, right before the Pipe Masters waiting period. And this was really unusual this year because that year, the Pipe Masters waiting period came and went and they never had the contest. So like that 10-day waiting period, like December, say it's December 6th to December 16th, it was bad winds. It was a bad winter. It was a rainy winter. People that know, it was a north winds, junk swells. It was just was a bad, that part of the winter was bad. And so what they ended up doing is the World Cup that usually would come after the Pipe Masters at sunset, they moved it forward. So they went through the Pipe Masters waiting period. Pipe never even broke. Like you're talking off the wall, Ayukai. It never even looked like pipeline. So they had the World Cup at Ayukai instead of the pipeline. And then they came back to the pipeline on December 16th. They're like, okay, now we've got the Pipeline Masters. We have 24 surfers like the Eddie would have. We can do this in one day. Well, there was one day that was going to be the day, and it was December 17th, the next day. It was a big northwest, it was a combo west-northwest, really big, you know, outer Pupakea, third reef pipe, big, super gnarly, doubled up pipe with some clean west chippers, yeah. like 12, 15-foot faces that are clean, dodging 20 northwest second reefs that are life-threatening and you don't want to catch them. That's the kind of day it was. So I was... That year, instead of staying at the, the Turtle Bay Hilton uh, 
at the you know Kui Lima like I normally did. I stayed farther on the east side, more past Kahuku, because I had a friend that lived over there. And I'm like, hey, I'm just here for two weeks. I'm going to stay here. And I think that worked to my advantage because it kept me off the North Shore and all the North Shore vibe. I was just kind of focused on me and going for walks on the beach on the east side. Like It was just funny. It was just a different year for me because I'm not in the middle of the pro tour. I'm not trying to make top 10. I'm not worried about what my sponsors think. I'm retiring and I still haven't won the Pipe Masters. And I need how, to, how old are you then? 24. And, and Retiring I, from pro surfing yeah, at 24. Most guys did by then. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a short window. Yeah. I mean, it was a short window. Yeah. So they had the event in one day, and there's there you know there's a long version, a short version. I'll kind of stick to the short version for now. But I drove from the other side of the island in the dark, and got there on the beach in the dark, and you could tell it was huge. And uh, Sean Thompson, Randy Rarick, still talk about this. I had a Walkman. We had Walkmans back then, and I was dancing on the beach. <laughs> Like, like, I've always been a dancer. Like, I'm just dancing like like a native dance, you know, like, like a Polynesian windpipe master's dance. I'm dancing on the beach in the dark. Sean Thompson, Randy Reg, like they, they remember Joy Brown was dancing on the beach in the dark on this day with his Walkman on. So that's how my day began. About 7 o'clock, that first light's there, contest is on. It's huge. This is it. They're not waiting. Clean. It's big. They're not waiting for the next day when it's dropping down. They're going now. The swell's still building. The winds are good. They're north trades. You know, they're not bad north winds. They're not east winds. They're kind of that north trade that kind of goes like this. There are some clean west sets, but it's so thick. It's thick. It's doubled up. It's a combo swell. And Connets is on. I go back to where, the other side of Kahuku, get all my boards. I come back. I'm in what, the, what are you riding? So I had, I had three boards in my quiver that day. I had a 6.9 single fin, a 7.3 single fin, and a 7.10 single fin. All Glemonamis. So I'm the last guy to win the Pipe Masters on a single fin. Because these boards were made like in 80, 80, excuse me, 80, 81 before thrusters came in. So, and these boards were trusty. I'd surf Y, I'd surf Big Pipe on that 710. I'd surf YMA on that 710. I trust, the, the fin on that looked like Jaws. You know, like I had a huge fin and it was going to hold. So on this day, I come back with my boards and now it's like 8.30. They're going to start like at 9 or whatever. So you have six heats three heats and a final. It's all going to happen on one day. Same format. Same format as a, as a 1978. Uh, similar format. Uh, excuse me. I take that back. It was six heats of four. Four-man heats. Four-man heats. Top two advance, which makes three heats of four. So they went from 24 to 12. But then of those three heats of four, the top two would go to the final for a six-man final. Okay. So the only six-man heat this day was the final. The, the other heats, the first round and the, the three semis were four-man heats. And they're all stacked. How, how long were those heats? About 40 minutes. And they were top three waves. Uh, uh, 40 minutes by top three waves, which is very difficult because there weren't that many good waves in a 40-minute period. We all know when Pipeline gets a washout set from the Northwest, it can take 15 minutes to clean up, right? Yeah. Like, it's all this commotion. And, yeah. and It's but, a trip because you can get waves pretty quickly. If you're lucky. And if it's clean. And if it's clean. Yeah. All those things. But if you have four guys in a heat. No priority. With no priority, it's fucking tough to get your, how yeah. many ways do you have to get? And these guys are Tom Carroll and Brian Buckley and Marvin Foster. Yeah. These how are many? Not, how these many? aren't middle tier guys. These are pipe specialists that know pipeline as good as you do. And what was the uh, wave count? 
was it still? I think it was like you could catch ten, but no one's catching ten waves. I know, but what were you getting scored on? Four? Top three. Top three. Final, final was top four. Okay. It was top three. Top three in the four man, the earlier heats. So he so was just saying it was six four man heats down to three four man three heats. four man heats, and then a six, six man, man final. final. The fi- so weird. The, the, was, they, they the final was six man. Big. The final was six man. Just think the Eddie. You know, the final was six man, top four waves. So, but there's, they're like 25 Northwest sketchy waves to every two clean West waves. The West waves were faces of like eight to 15 feet, pristine, sneaking in when it cleans up after the washout sets were coming. The swell didn't peak till like one in the afternoon. So it was building all day. It was all over Pupakea, outside Pupakea, third reef, washouts. But there was nuggets. There was barrels, every heat that you could get, but it was so thick. So which weapon did you ride? Well, here's what happened. I paddled out on my 7.3 for a warm-up. I didn't catch one wave. Never had that happen before in the Pipe Masters. I didn't catch one wave in my warm-up. I paddled out. Everyone was like, whoa, like it was so thick. Yeah. Everyone was like, whoa, it's so heavy. So I paddled out on my 7.3. And a few guys caught a few drops, but no one, like, no one got, like, the heavy. Nobody's drug. charging. No, 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 one's doing, no one's doing anything insane. So I, I'm on my 7.3. I don't catch one wave. Yeah. It's a single fin. I come in. Hey, I saw the lineup. I'm definitely riding my 7.10. Like, I'm not going to be under a gun this day. Yeah. So I have my three boards. Billy Stang again. Yeah. Bought three houses toward Ayukai from the Jerry Lopez house. It's still the Lightning Bolt house. And that's where I'm camped out for the day. Actually... I'm about one house from the Jerry Lopez house. I'm just a little one house to the right in front on the sand. I, I literally thought like, no, I'm I'm, at this, I'm here. I'm here this day. I'm here, right? Yeah. I'm here. So uh, I didn't catch away with my warm-up. I'm in the fifth heat. So I get to watch four heats before, which is super advantageous. Anyone that's ever served heavy waves for a contest, you can watch some heats. It's super advantageous. You get a feel for what it's doing. And those first four heats, no one did anything insane. Like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it was... Survival. Heavy. It was survival. I mean, there's a few barrels, but no deep barrels. Like, kind of like pocket barrels, like spit, but you saw them the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it's, 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 it's scary. Crossed up. Yeah. So I've got John Dom, who's an all-time pipe specialist, like Brian Buckley, Goofy Foot. Mm-hmm. I've got Marvin Foster, who I'm really good friends with, whose pipe strategy is very similar to mine. And I got Sean Thompson, the world champion, pipe master's champion. You know Sean and John Dahmer are going to go deeper, deeper main peak. And you know Marvin and I are going to look for swingers, the chipper swingers, and come under deep peak. I never like to be too deep at pipe. I like, because you get these shifters that swing. Yeah. I like to be deep, because those are the, the, sometimes those are the longer barrels. And, and I felt more comfortable in those barrels. I didn't like waiting for two hours for a bomb that Derek Ho's going to get anyways on a good day. <laughs> I had to stay busy on chipper peak. So I was a master of that shifting peak. Ours was Marvin Foster. But the, this day of pipeline, because there was washouts, it's so big. The lineup, when we started, we paddled out. And it, yeah. was, it was hard. Like, you can appreciate this. It was so big, the channel wasn't even discernible until you got through all the gnarly stuff by Aokai Sand. It's really sketchy on these big days. So you had to time your paddle out more seriously than a normal big day of pipeline. And Marvin and I paddled out together. I always remember it was with Marvin. We got out there, and then we barely got through the super gnarly Ayukai dredge, and we're like catching our breath. We're like, wow, it's so heavy. Like, it's so big. It's so heavy. Sun was out. That was good. But it's so big, and it's so heavy. And you're just looking toward rock piles, the second reef. It's just, just monsters just marching down the beach. Like, outside Pupakea, white water, two miles out. So heavy. I got to win this contest today. I got to win this contest. So we're in the channel. We get to the channel pipe. I can never remember this happening ever, another time in my life. A set came so big from Third Reef as a total washout through the main, through pipeline channel. 
Wow. And the pipeline channel washed out with this white water. Like, so 15 foot white water. Me and Marvin are like right there. We got nowhere to go. We look at each other like, <laughs> we throw our boards. This is before, like five minutes before the heat starts. Normally in the channel watching John John. Yeah. Yeah. Throw our boards, go under. Oh God, please let my leash hold. It held, his held. Man, that was a wake up call because I had all this nervous energy. I hadn't surfed the Pipe Masters the year before because of the boycott. The year before, I lost in the semis with a horrendous wipeout. Uh, and, the, and the year before, I I, I, um, I lost it backdoor or whatever. Like, so I, I hadn't done anything significant in Pipeline since yeah. 1980. I, I didn't really have the confidence to pull from. Yeah. So that woke me up. Heat starts. I get this big swinger bomb. Closes. I'm in this big barrel. And I'm on the phone ball on that 710. And it's holding. I'm driving. And then, you know, clips. It blows me up. I pop out the back. I'm like... That was it, like the like the like the Dan Merkel thing. That, that was the dust off. That, like that was that, it. That. I, I was like, I'm Joy Brand. I live for the barrel. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna smoke these guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm king of the. I'm gonna win the pipe masters. <laughs> I'm gonna win the pipe masters. That was a gigantic barrel. I'm telling you, the Orange County Transit District bus would be in that barrel. Yeah. And I was driving on that 710 on the phone ball for quite a while. Blew up. I popped out the back. It's my day. I never, I never fell or didn't make away the rest of the day. Just picked them. It was gems. it. It was an incomplete pass. I think it was like razor, laser, laser. Star quarterback of the day. Yeah, so, so did you win that first heat? I, I won everything. No one beat me that day. I won that heat. I went mental. I just got all these barrels. I don't remember anything. I was calling Marvin off of waves, and I was getting spit out of barrels. That's all I remember. <laughs> and 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 I didn't, I never saw John Dom or Sean. Didn't even matter. And, like and, what, it didn't even matter. I'm getting. You're laser focused. Yeah, Hold I, on. <laughs> you, you just said you were calling Marvin Foster off waves. And Marvin P Foster, rest in peace, is one of the heaviest pipeline Hawaiian locals yeah. ever Legends. to live. Yeah. Was, yeah you don't call Marvin Foster <laughs> off uh, You do when you got a pipe jersey on. <laughs> Not on a lazy Sunday yeah. when, when there's no jerseys, but you got a jersey yeah. on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and Marvin, we're friends too, so. Yeah. So I win that heat, Thompson gets second. Then I'm in, now here's where it gets gnarly. My second heat was Aki, Alan Byrne, who'd gotten second in 81 when Simon won on the thruster, and Brian Buckley, yeah. the, the king of big pipe. So gnarly. All, all, all super gnarly goofy foots. So that's, that's, that's his heat. Okay, you, you guys finish this. Yeah, off. we're gonna finish this. Okay. Just, just turn off my phone when okay. you're done. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jay. Okay, so, so that's his, that's, the first seat. So now I got this seat. So here's the backstory to this seat. In 81, when Simon won, I was in the semis of the Pipe Masters. It was even more treacherous than the day of the finals in 78. It was a super treacherous day. So naughty. It was so naughty that when I was going out for my semifinal, I'm on the beach with Simon Anderson. We watch a guy break his femur bone. Simon Anderson and I were right next to each other about to paddle out for the Pipe Masters semifinals in 1981, the year he won. This local guy that was a really good pipe charger from Kailua, goofy foot guy, never gave me waves, didn't like me. He dropped in, breaks on his head, detonates, broke his femur bone. The guy's screaming, crying for his mom. He comes in, the lifeguards rescue him. Guy had a broken femur bone. That's that's how, and me and Simon, you know, Simon's like twice my size. He looks at me, he's like, hmm. Yeah, and you're about to go out. <laughs> yeah, we're about to go out for our semifinal. In that semifinal, Alan Byrne and I paddled for the same way. We both got pitched. I got detonated. I saw double the rest of the heat, like a boxer, mm -hmm. like like I was probably concussed. Concussion, yeah. I was concussion, yeah. So I never saw straight. I lost. 
Alan Byrne did, Wipeout wasn't as bad as mine. He made the finals and he got second to Simon. Um, so now I'm facing Alan Byrne again three years later since that semifinal disaster. Akalupo had beaten me three events in a row on and the he's world tour. On top of the world. Aki is on top of the world. Yeah, that 84 was his come out year. He's right? on his side, he's 17, he's number one. That was the cover of Surfing Magazine. Aki was on top of the world. He beat me all over the planet. He flogged me all over the planet, including my home break at North Jetty. So I got Aki in the seat. It's his first Pipe Masters, and he's in he's in the seat. And then Buckley, who probably knows Pipeline as good or better than anyone on the planet at this time, because he surfed a lot of Pipeline all year long. Because this is the time when people would go home in December. There weren't any surf teams in their surf house where they rotate kids coming in out till right. April. Right. The tour came till December twentieth, and then it was then anything after Christmas Day was just a group of hardcore underground guys and locals for the rest of the year. Yeah. And Buckley was there all year, every year for that time. So he's super gnarly. I never surfed against him. So this is that heat. In that heat, I got a slow start. And I'm behind in the seat, but nothing profound has happened. And then I ended up catching, in the final 10 minutes you mentioned earlier, when you can go boom, boom, boom at pipe, you can go like, bam, bam, bam. Because yeah. you can get a good barrel at pipe and be back in the lineup in two minutes yeah. on the left. You know, the back door is a little sketchy for that. But the channel on the left puts you right back in the lineup. And so we needed, I needed three good waves. I got a good wave with about 12 minutes to go, my first good wave. Then I got uh, another one. It, I had a good one and then a better one, but I still really needed one more really good wave because it was a competitive heat. And I knew like, because you kind of know how you're doing in heat, even though they weren't announcing scores. They didn't have computer scoring. Yeah. But I, I felt like, I, I'm not making the seat if I don't get the third wave because yeah. everyone's got some waves here. Because it's four guys in the water. It's four guys. And, and it's, you're seeing everyone's waves yeah, it's, pretty it, much. Yeah, and it's Aki, Buckley, and Alan Byrne. You know, like everyone's getting sets and getting waves. But those two waves put me back in the heat. And then I got I got inside. I had to go. I Buckley was pushing me. And I had inside on Brian Buckley. And he started pushing me past where I like to go. And he's taking me deeper. And all of a sudden, like this apex massive west peak is coming and I've got Buckley trying to paddle me to back door out of position on the left. So he's going to try and paddle me over, whip around and he gets it and I'm out of position and it's too heavy for me to go. But I'm, I'm, we're kind of going over like a bumper car, you know, like I've got inside. So you just came, the average person could never even relate to this, but we're on seven, ten boards heavy. in life-threatening situations yeah. and we're bumping rails and we're kind of, our elbows are hitting, but I've got inside. But I've got to whip around and not let him steal my inside when I whip around. Yeah. But I hold inside. I'm as deep as I'd ever want to be at Pipeline. And I whip around. And I basically... Airdrop. Almost airdrop this super late drop. In, I call it like Bruce Iron's spot. Because Bruce Iron's used to take... 20 years later, I saw where he's taking off. Like Bruce Iron's is so good at Pipeline when he was a Pipe Master champion. It's a deep spot. It's deep. It's yeah. it's kind of behind the boil, if you will. And that's where I was. And I dropped in so late, came down. I just got this incredible barrel, and I kissed the sky when I came out of the barrel. <laughs> I blew a kiss. I, I think I remember. Yeah, that. it's in the video. You can yeah. see it. I blew this kiss. It spit, and I blew this kiss. And and you know and that's that, the semis. This is the semis. But yeah. that that wave guaranteed me to make the finals. Yeah. And it. I went probably from. Third to first at that wave, wow. or fourth to first with that wave. Then I, the heat was over and I won. But I was the third of the three heats, right? So I come in and the next thing is the finals. 
So I come in and like I drink some water. Billy's things like, Joey, let's go. This is it. You can do it. Billy was there the whole time. And now I'm going out for a one-hour final. Like, But R Rabbit and Derek and Carol and Aki, well, not Aki, but and Max Medeiros, those guys had been on the beach, right? They'd already... They're rested up. They're rested up. Yeah. And they've eaten something. Yeah. I'm coming in and I'm going right back out for the final. What was the waiting period between heats? I mean, I turned in my jersey and five minutes later, I'm checking in for the final. Ah, it's like four in the afternoon. They're not... They, you had no like rest... Period. Ten minutes max. Fudge. Yeah, like fresh coat of wax. And, yeah. But, you know, you're pumped. I got those barrels. I got that barrel. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go, man. Pipe Masters, let's go. Let's do this right but, now. You know, when, when, you're, when you're adrenaline rush, especially that wave that you won the heat with that... With holding Buckley off of it, too. Yeah. Like, that... It, you're exerting so much... Uh, Total Effort. human, yeah. Total, your total being, everything. You're, you're exhausted. Mind, body. You're like, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. And to turn around because you're like, you know, fuck, I just made this heat. I just made that barrel. And I finally beat Aki this year too. Like Aki yeah. beat me three All years ago. Yeah, everything, and I paid burn back for what he did to me three years before the interference <laughs> exactly. that no one called. So no rest for the wicked is no, no. Right back out for a one-hour final, top four waves. Yeah. But the swell had peaked. It's coming down, and now it's looking cleaner. And it's it, still like yeah. 15 foot faces. Oh, easy. For, yeah, there's still 20 foot northwest sets that are washing through still, but not quite as hectic as it was earlier in the day. And the weather this day was interesting because it was very, definitely a winter, you know, late autumn, early winter day. Maybe the high was like when the sun was out 80, 81, not, not hot, but warm. But when the cloud cover was there and then the north trades were blowing, it kind of cooled off a little bit. Water's like maybe 72, 73 wintertime water on the North Shore. Some cloud cover, kind and of puffy. Wearing these shorts. Yeah, we're wearing these, we're wearing these shorts. Yeah, I'll get to this in a minute. Some cloud cover, and uh, but the the moods changed because the morning was heavy and early morning morning light. You know, 10, 30, 11 in the morning Hawaii light. All right, the semi that semifinal win against Aki is like about three three in, three in the afternoon, so a little more afternoon light at pipe. Swells dropping, cleaning up. But now at the final, there's a little more, some more darker clouds kind of lingering. Uh, but everyone's still there. There hasn't really been any rain on the day. But you could see like, hey, this you could come, kind of feel like when it comes from sunset way, it could be coming. Because this is a big part of the story. So let me give a, a parenthetical thought here on the trunks. That year, Offshore Daystar, which is a huge company in the surf industry in 84, was the Pipe Master's sponsor. Mm -hmm. And this was a big controversy in pro surfing at this time, is that clothing companies, when they sponsor an event, they wanted you to wear their trunks in the contest. So the early pro surfers lobbied together, almost like the players' union, to fight against this, but they couldn't stop it for this event. So all the competitors had to wear these trunks. What a trip. Yeah, and what's interesting is Aki and these other guys wore their trunks Inside out. Side out. So when you see pictures of the finals and on the podium, their trunks are like this. <laughs> and that really works to my advantage. And, I, and I'll tell you why. You understand why they would do it, but it's just, this has a negative energy to it. When you agree to serve the Pipe Masters and you sign the contract as a competitor, you agreed to wear the trunks like this. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Offshore Daystar. I was sponsored by Offshore Daystar with Michael Ho, Chris Barilla. and I'm not against them, but they were my sponsor. They were a good sponsor, not a great sponsor. And I switched to Hang 10 for a lot more money after two years with Offshore Daystar. But they were the sponsor of the Pipe Masters. And Joey Baran 
wants to wear trunks that say competitor on the back <laughs> of his trunks. In 1984, you're going to give someone a trunks that say offshore masters. And it's 80s, right? It looks like the 80s, pink and white. And your trunks say competitor on the back. I think you're probably... It's probably a good thing in the universe to wear your trunks right side out. <laughs> and I'm not going to say people didn't beat me in the Pipe Masters final because they wore the trunks inside out. But you just... There's just a little bit of negative energy to that, even though it's understandable. I... I, my former boss, John Bernard, signed my check for winning the Pipe Masters, and he gave me a big hug, and he was so happy for me, because that was my dream all along. Yeah. So, I, I, I was Captain Positive on this day. I'm not saying they're negative, I'm just saying, you couldn't help but notice, six guys on the podium, one of them was wearing the trunks right side out, and that was me. So, I'll just put put out there, you can think about that, whatever you want, and how the universe works with karma, juju, or sowing and reaping, but for me... I'm really glad that I wore the trunks right side out. I had no reason not to. I understand why the others didn't, but it's worth noting because there's Carol on my left, Aki on my right. I'm the pipe champion. They aren't. My trunks are right side out. Theirs are inside out. You can think whatever you want. It's just a fact of the history. Uh, plus, I beat him in that final. So trunks right side out, inside out. It was my day. So now I got to go out with these guys, and it got really clean. The start of the final was really clean, and Aki got the best wave in the final. But it's top four waves. So no matter how spectacular a touchdown look, it's still seven points. Yeah. You know? So Aki had the best wave of the final, for sure. It's a beautiful barrel. But Aki never backed it up. I didn't have... I I, I had good waves. So, you know, just think like a six, a five, seven, five. And think like U.S. Open and golf. If you're a golfer, the U.S. Open is usually one with one under or even. You know, like you, you need to be clean. You need to be solid and not beat yourself. And the way you beat yourself at Pipeline is not get your wave count. Or to get stuck with a couple of ones. Because usually at Pipeline, it's a six or a one, right? It's a six or better or a one. Either you're in the barrel and you make it, or you get in the barrel and you don't come out, and it's a one. That's how Pipeline is. Back in the day, even so, if you did a bottom turn, a big hook or whatever, a couple of cutties, it's still a one. Yeah, you're yeah, not it, getting scored it, on You're that. not getting scored. It's all about the barrel. So the key to winning the Pipe Masters final in 1984 was making four barrels. Big barrel, small barrel, four barrels. You get touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. That's, that's how I won the Pipe Masters. I had two touchdowns, two field goals. That's how I won. So I had I had good waves. I never fell uh, the whole day after that first wave. I never fell again. And it, in the final, so this is where it really gets crazy. But the night before, I dreamed I won the Pipe Masters. This is all documented and all kinds of stuff. But I actually had a dream I won the Pipe Masters. And when I dreamed I won the Pipe Masters, I woke up about 2 in the morning on December 17th. And I was bummed I woke up because it was just a dream. But in the dream I won the Pipe Masters, I'm paddling out. At Pipe, and I'm looking at Derek Ho in this giant barrel. This giant, like, truck-driving barrel. In Derek, your dream. In my dream. And Derek Ho's in this barrel, and right when he's about to come out, it totally detonates and, and blows him up. So what could have been a 10 is a 1. That's how it works at Pipeline. That's, that's the way the, the laws of the universe work at Pipeline. And that was my dream. And then I had I had this dream where I saw the Honolulu Advertiser, and I was, it was saying I won the Pipe Masters. And then I woke up. And I was like so happy with that, so bummed because I had this dream. So I really believe that God showed me the future because I don't know the future. And somehow in the way he runs his universe, I saw these things. So in the final, I'm paddling out and it's more than halfway through. But in my dream, when Derek Ho wiped out, I knew in my dream I was winning the Pipe Masters. So I'm paddling out. Yeah. No. And like, 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 like a deja vu. I'm yeah. All, all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it's my dream. True. This is my dream. Derek Ho's driving down the beach, a whole beach is screaming, and there's a 12-foot barrel, this bomb, and it's Derek Ho, Derek Ho, here he comes, he's driving like, ha, ha, and then the thing just, just blows him up. He's trying to come out the side door, 
Guillotine on the head. The future pipe champion, world champion. Not this day. Not December 17th, 84. So him you off. dream. I dreamed what I saw the night before. I saw it exactly the way my dream. And when I pop through, I go, oh my gosh. I'm winning oh, this That's thing. my dream. I am winning the pipe masters right now. I am winning because, again, we didn't have computer scoring. Yeah. It was like WSA in 77. I think I'm beating Barella. Like, I'm winning the Pipe Masters. I knew I was having a good final. It was a good final. It was a clean final. I had I had three good waves, but I didn't have a fourth one. But I'm winning the Pipe Masters. I'm pounding back out. So Tom Carroll had a horrible wipeout at the beginning of this final and was never the same. He got last. He got sixth. After that wipeout, he was kind of in the channel. He was totally concussed. He... he was he wearing helmets then? No. no, no helmet. He was just, he just, he. Like, he got rattled. He got rattled. And that's the way it works in pipe. Yeah. That's the way it works, man. It happened to me in 81. You just, you just, you don't, we'll yeah. see you next year. You're done this <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. That's, Thanks that's, for playing. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> next year. Yeah. yeah. And, and he had his day. So he was but not. you didn't get your fourth wave yet. No. Uh, Rabbit had opted to serve. He was trying to get these second reefs that would reform on the first reef. So he had the biggest waves, but they weren't barrels. So that's not going to win the Pipe Masters. Max Medeiros was riding a super short board. I tell people, Max Medeiros, I'm still on a 7'10 single pin. I think Max was on like a 6'3. He was from Kauai. He was a Cannons guy. He got third that year. He got third the next year. Like, Max Medeiros was a super gnarly pipe surfer. I saw him get a couple of waves. We're like, oh, those are good waves. You know, Max, Max is in this mix. And I knew Aki had had that one really good wave because the whole beach went crazy. But I didn't really see anything other than that. So... And then I saw Derek's detonation. Derek was informed. He looked like he could win that day. And then I saw it. I'm like, I'm winning this final. So here's how it all ended. This is how it all came together. So Derek, I see that. I'm like, I'm winning the Pipe Masters. Oh my gosh, I'm winning the Pipe Masters. And all of a sudden, rainstorm number one comes. And it comes over the hill at Pipeline, like right over the Lopez house, lightning bolt. Comes over and it starts to rain. It's raining. And I'm pounding back out. And... There's raindrops, right? You know, like it's, 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 it's hard to catch waves when it's raining, but it's not a downpour yet. It's just, it's starting to come, the tropical rain. And the guys are a little farther out, and I'm kind of by the swinger chipper peak, and I'm pounding back out, and all of a sudden, like this, like, like about an eight foot face, nine foot face, west, clean west, they're too far out. It comes right underneath them, comes right to me. Just, just, it's like the field goal, like just a like 35 yard field goal to put it away right here. The two-foot putt to win the U.S. Open. I mean, this is it. This, I catch this barrel. It's if the rain starting to come down. I could do it with my eyes closed. Just boom, boom, barrel, 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 spit out like a five-five. You know, but it's the fourth wave. I was the only guy in the final that had four made barrels. That's how you win the Pipe Masters. I didn't blow you away. Four made barrels. That was it. This is it. You know, two foot per par, and the U.S. Open title. <laughs> right there you know that, that I just it put it away and so I get I get out of the barrel I kick out and then it comes down like no tomorrow just starts pouring so I got that barrel that was the last good wave of the final and there was still like 10-15 minutes left of the final Okay. that was the last good wave of the final the rain tore it up a massive because I knew I was winning for sure a massive northwest set comes in just flushes the toilet, out. flushes the toilet of pipeline, tears it up, the rip's going this way. You get, Everyone's out of the lineup now, it's all torn up. Those kind of rips take 10 minutes to clean up, even get back to a clean surface. No one even caught another wave. Like, I, I won it, that rain squall, it shut it down, I won. And I, I, I thought, I think I won. I, I think I won the Pipe Masters. Like, I'm in shock, I, it happened, I just won, I did it, I won the Pipe Masters. I come in, the whole beach came to me. 
And Billy's staying to the front of the crowd. And Billy's going, Joey, gosh, you just won the blippity, 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 blippity pipe masters. You are the pipe, you're the pipe champion. And then he went and got his board paddled out. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> he like a true surfer. Yeah, he's like, hey, you yeah. yeah, I'm going out. Yeah. He paddled out. We got on the podium. They announced the results, you know, six. And they didn't cheer people up. No, no. Yeah. We, we didn't, cheering didn't come to like maybe, I don't even know, like. Late, later. No, no. But yeah. everyone's around me like, did you want him? Like, Joey, you won the pipe. Well, we don't, we don't know for sure, you know, like, but like, you won, you won, dude, you totally won. So we get on the podium and they start doing, you know, sixth place is Carol, fifth is uh, uh, Derek Ho, and then fourth is Rabbit, third is Max Medeiros. So now it's me and Aki. And Carol's to my left and Aki's to my right. And they announced, da 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 da, Mark Akalupo. And everyone starts screaming. And for it's just this weird moment in my mind where, like, wait, did, did Aki win or did I, like, did him call my name yet? Right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand because when you announced second, you know who first is. Yeah. And, and again, this is like MMA. But like the screams for Aki were for me. Yeah. yeah and, and I didn't know. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Because if you see the video, I'm like, wait, wait, what just happened? And Tom Carroll was on my left. And Tom and I were always very close. I can't say the same about Aki. <laughs> I mean, there's respect, but Tom and I were close. We did a lot of stuff together. He goes, Tom Carroll grabs me and he just goes like this. He goes, he goes, oh my, you won, Mike, you won. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom Carroll grabs you and tells you you won the Pipe Masters. Oh, my Dude, God. you won the Pipe Masters. Tom Carroll. When Tom Carroll said, you won, mate, that's when I knew I Dude. won the Pipe Masters. And the lady came, put the layover me. I was like, oh, I'm the Did Pipe. Did you cry? Oh, it, it just all seemed surreal. And this is where, this is where you know, this is a famous part of my story because I won the Pipe Masters and all the media's there and all these people, they're screaming. And I'm doing interviews and all of a sudden, here comes rainstorm number two. The, the rain squall number two and this is where like my whole life changed because my book that's coming out is called beyond the dream so i had the dream of winning the pipe but i have a whole life beyond the dream and it's both like the dream and what happened beyond the dream and this is like th the next 10 minutes was the most defining moment of my life because it completely it's the it's the 50 50 on my it's a split on my life so i win the pipe masters i'm doing these interviews and all of a sudden, it's raining twice as hard as the rain squall that hit in the final. It is absolutely torrential rain, a, a big one. Yeah. And it's just blasting the beach. Everyone leaves the beach. Which is a bummer because... I'm the hero. You're, it's my you're moment. Shining moment. Your biggest... And everyone... like everyone, Biggest win that you've ever yeah. had, what yeah. you dreamed yeah. about, and, and, and when you told your parents... And, and, my, my, my whole life, why were the sports, 1973, uh, out of Tamarack on big days, pretending I'm surfing against Jerry Lopez. The final where Roy says you're going to die. The final where the semis are burned and I both get detonated. The the final in 80 when Simon gives the wave to MR and MR wins. and It's all it's all like a, a like a commercial... like a It's all like a... Flashing. Flashing in yeah. my mind. And here I am and I've done it. <clears throat> and of course now see at that time Tom Carroll had never won a pipe master and at that time Derek Ho had never won a pipe master and at that time Mark Akalupo had never won a pipe master they all went on to win a bunch of pipe masters yeah. and world titles all three were world champions and all three were pipe masters champions what a way to um, first end your career right to retire what? and what a way to end this first episode <laughs> yeah so that that's that's how I, that's how I have but so so there's a moment, this is where it gets crazy, where all of a sudden some hooey guy shows up, because 
Randy and, and Fred, they hired the Huey. They worked the condos, their speech marshal, security, all that stuff. This guy comes up and says, give me the trophy. Oh, oh, guys, give me the trophy. Like, I've got this trophy and I think it's my trophy for winning the Pipe Masters. But it's kind of like your perpetual trophy where all the champions yeah. are on it. You don't get to keep it. I don't get to keep it. So this guy takes my trophy. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my trophy. <laughs> it's like I won a WSA contest. It's like this. It's like, yeah. like, that's you my still got it. Yeah, that's, that's my trophy, man. Don't take my trophy. That's, that's, that means more than the money. I yeah. want the trophy that says yeah. I won the pipeline. So he takes the trophy and it's pouring rain. And all of a sudden, like, suddenly no one's talking to me. No one's listening to me. And I go back to my board. So I have my three boards in front of the house next to the Lopez house, the lightning bolt house. And it's just pouring rain. And I, I'm, I, I've got my pipe jersey still on and my trunks. And it's completely pouring rain. Billy and some of the guys have piled out a pipe because now pipe was actually, you know, it was cleaner. The swallow dropped. Those guys have been watching all day. They're frothing. And I'm standing in the rain and it's pouring. And I'm literally by myself without my trophy. 15 minutes before, I'm king in the pipeline, holding the trophy. And everything I lived for my entire life has happened. Yeah. And I'm by myself right now. Like, there's no one near me. I'm completely by myself. And there's a few of the Hawaiian guys tearing down the scaffolding in the pouring rain. And I was like, that was it? Yeah. Like, that. that's... I mean, I invested my entire life for this moment. And I, Wait, wait, come back. I got, yeah. more, I got more to say, you know? What, what, a, um, what a harsh reality check. It's crazy. Like, God said, hey, you wanted this. That's there it. There it is. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I never, I don't need, I didn't need to win three pipe masters to figure that out. I only need, I'm the underdog. I just need to win it once for all the champ, all the underdogs of the world. Yeah. My pipe masters win, people come up to me like, dude, my brother's going through cancer. Like the Joy Brand winning the pipe masters teaches everybody for the last 40 years that dreams come true. Yeah. You know, like the underdog can win. The U.S. hockey team, 1980 against the Russians, like Villanova basketball against Georgetown. Like this, it wasn't a fluke because I, it was my third final, but yeah. that Joey Brand won the Pipe Masters. Like, miracles happen. There is a God in heaven, and you'd be a pastor too if you won the Pipe Masters. You know? <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, that's beyond the dream. Like, that was it. I lived that moment. And when you, whenever I see people like win the college football playoffs or the Super Bowl with all the confetti, they get to keep going. Yeah. Like, for me, it just it ended in 15 minutes. And even though, like, I was a hero, I flew home a hero, and I had all the accolades, it just. It was so definitive when they took the trophy and the rain came down. And the thing most about it was as I was by myself, that I was alone. So it's kind of weird. Like in, in my universe where it all revolved around me winning the Pipe Masters, I was suddenly alone in the pouring rain. So crazy. And, and I was like, basically it was like what I was really thinking in the end was like, there has to be more to life than this. Yeah. And, you know, that I never need to win the Pipe Masters again. Like I did that. And so, so much of the rest of my life goes with trying to find purpose after that and then coming to a place of personal faith with the Lord more than just kind of nominal faith. But that moment is so definitive. I can, what I'm telling you right now, I can just see it all right yeah. now. Yeah. I can see the surface in the water. I can see the guys with the scaffolding all by myself, my three boards, and the heavy raindrops in the sand <laughs> for how hard it's raining. And there I am. Like it rained on my yeah. parade. It's, it's over. But I did it, you know, and yeah. and, and people 40 years later, because this is the 40th anniversary this year. Wow. Is, is 40 years. Yeah. And, you know. That you won it. That I won it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. 40 years. And it, Surfing Magazine, 20 years later, 
or 15 years later, they said it was one of the five greatest events ever in the history of pro surfing because of the waves, the, the, the drama, the athletes, how it went down. And of all the, I, I won it with touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal. No turnovers. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> Joey, we're going to have to have you on. This is uh, episode one. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back. So, because- that's just That's just... Yeah, yeah that 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 was a great way to end the first episode, and there's so much more to talk about. Um, I love to share these stories because it's not oh. just me; it's the timeline, it's Fred Hemmings, it's it's yeah. Ian Cairns, it's Peter Townend, it's it's Chris O'Rourke, it's Jerry. These are uh, these stories need to be told. They do, and and, and, and we, that's why I love to come here and just talk story like yeah, this. And we're stoked to be able to, you know, we're honored that we get to sit down with people like you to educate us and. You know, those experiences are, I mean, they're amazing. You well, know? And they're eyewitness accounts. And a lot of these things, these things are objective. Yeah. People all the time comment on social media, like, I was there when you won the pipe. Liam McNamara, like, hugged me, like, dude, you were my hero, man. I was there when you won the so pipe. Awesome. So, so many people were there, you know, when I, yeah. David Barr was on the beach when I won the pipe. He's the one that called home and said, Joy Brand just won the pipe masters. So awesome. You know, like, and so, like, it, it is history. It's surf history. And yeah. it's bigger than me. But in God's design for my life, I was pre-IPS. I was IPS. I was ASP, PSAA. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I've said this with people. Uh, with, the, with the U.S. surf team, one time we were on the bus in Japan with Katie Simmers and, and some of these other athletes. I said, hey, if you could win the world title and never surf again, would you take a world title and never surfing again? Like, no, no, no. We want to surf. We want to surf. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if an angel had come to me on December 16th and said, you can win the Pipe Masters tomorrow and never surf again, or you cannot win and surf all the rest of your life, I'd say, I'll take the win. <laughs> I'll take the win. Because for me, and people that know me know this, I'd rather be great for one day and never surf again. So when Matt Warshaw in the Encyclopedia of Surfing described Joey Brand, he said, Joey Brand was above average surfer with a hyperkinetic style uh, and you know, hard to follow, above average in left barrels, but was incredibly triumphant when he won the Pipe Masters. Then he became a minister, moved inland, and who could blame him? That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if God gave you the Pipe Masters, yeah. gave you the dream, you win it. Like, no. Oh, okay, well, what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Yeah. We, we did that. We lived our dream. Now we got to get to what's beyond the dream. Yeah. Dad, wife, husband, or married with my wife for 35 years. Yeah. Eight grandkids. Well, let's, let's, yeah, there's so much gonna, more. We're going to talk about that the next time. U.S. Surf Team. We got to uh, <laughs> do, your do a plug. There you go. Shade Sunscreen, Strider Wazalewski's brand. Uh, I see him wearing it. I see Strider wearing this stuff at Pipe the other day. Of course. This is Strider stuff. Yeah. He's out there all day at Backdoor the other day. Thank you. Pipeline. Caballero Pools and Spas. All right. Uh, they're uh, a big sponsor of the show. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, Earth Pack. There we make, go. Uh, uh, your merchandise packaging needs. There you go. I'll use this at Trader Joe's, right? Then, Whole Foods, my groceries. We got, oh, look, the pier. I like that. Yeah. Look and at then that. We got a loose changing uh, poncho for you. Yes. There you this go. This thing's amazing. Oh, and awesome. Then, and then I don't know if you uh, have ever had a bonsai bowl. They're the best. They're the best. Bowls. That's what I go for them right there. There you go. Oh, look at There's this. Four of them for you. My kids will probably come steal these from me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Awesome, thank you. This is Neon Wave. Uh, Neon Wave is a shop in on the East Coast. They sponsor the show. Awesome. Thank you to them. Appreciate it. Um, Clearweather brand shoes. Uh, 
How look. about the hats? What are the hats? Oh, yeah. Which one do you want? Oh, let's see what do we got. We got yellow. Oh. We got camo. Oh. We got black. Oh, this is me. Okay. I'll throw this on a dance video. Yeah, like, there you go. Like a, like but, um, <laughs> yeah, this is episode one. Okay. Uh, we'll definitely... We'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back for, for the rest of the story. Yeah. We'll probably have to have two more episodes. There, there's, there's, there's a lot of stories yeah. still. Yeah. But, Dude. We still got PSA, USA Surf Team, yeah. Olympic Surfing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep going. Yeah. Thank but you, the, Joey. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being interested in pro surfing's beginning, 70s and 80s. What a time. Yep. What a wild ride. Joey, either Tamarack Kid or... Sand Crab. Sand Crab. Holly Jinx. Holly Jinx. <laughs> and the California <laughs> Kid brand. There we go. Thank you. All right. Good to Peace. be with you guys. God bless. Bonsai Bulls. Hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, bonsai bowls. Go get some. Ashland hard seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland hard seltzer. Shade sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.